This is the Impulse Show with me back from his uh, stint at rehab, Jeffrey Keeble. <laughs> What's going on? Actually, What's up, dude? I got out of rehab and I went right back to the casino. You did. You went right back to it. And, uh, you know, I, I hope you learned your lesson. No, $100. So I'm back. Back. He goes, I'm back. <laughs> Still down 50, though, from Lena. And uh, next to him, my co co host, Still looking like a pineapple upside down cake, delicious as ever, Lal Keeble. <laughs> I don't even. Oh, that's all I got to say to that one. <laughs> looking so damn good. And also joining us for the second time ever in studio, our next guest is a very special guest. Not only is he our co 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 host and live in studio, but he comes from humble beginnings. Like most of our West Coast friends, he started in the trophy carts and moved his way to the pro buggy class where he had a wonderfully successful career like that of Joe Montana. But like Mr. Montana, it's time to move on from the stale-ass class and into something more exciting. Our next guest moved into the Pro 2 class and made his champ off-road debut at Crandon last fall. Like the forbidden fruit, he got a taste and wanted it all. He came back to, the, he came back <clears throat> to race the full 2022 short-course season of champ off-road. He's gotten seat time in the desert and also the Great American Short Course Series. He's the friend of your girlfriend that you should be worried about. Hailing from Ensenadas, California, the Impulse Media 2022 Foot Race Bark River Bracket Challenge Champion, we have the number 65 eBay Mortars backed Pro 2 of Dave Mason Jr. Yeah, what's up, guys? Glad to be here. <laughs> that was an awesome intro. Yeah. We're going to send it over to Champ, so when you get introduced, that's what they're going to say. Yeah. Yeah, now, yeah, when you're uh, at the starting line, they're going to have to introduce you as the uh, 2022 foot race champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. they, That was a trivia question for Haley. Oh, I heard I, that. Yeah. yeah, I was sitting down there ready to record, like, before the Pro 2s went out, and Haley was asking fans that, and he was he was the answer, and she was like, this guy won a foot race last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, not nah, really? Yeah, they said it was like, um, which former Pro 2 champion also won the 2022 bark river foot race and it was like <laughs> on the screen or whatever and everybody was talking about it and you know i won the pro 2 championship in the gas series last year so it's kind of a you know more of a regional deal not as high profile as champ but uh it was funny the way they worded that you know because nobody knew they're like former pro 2 champion like you know they're thinking you know other guys like Jarrett and keegan and stuff like that and uh nobody knew me yet but i'm coming up <laughs> dude you are too man and you definitely okay <clears throat> I, I i don't want you to take this the wrong way dave but uh mm -hmm. first time i got first time i knew like your truck your sponsor was when Jarrett crashed and uh i see uh ebay motors truck rolling oh, yeah. on by and Piling i was like oh that him, poor guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah cranon last year he you know biffed it in front of the entire field and then i was right in on them you know right in them next to the next one in so yeah that's pretty funny i met a lot of people in the middle of the track after that i met jared there and mike stell everybody was like had carnage 
and we're all just standing there, you know, with our wreck trucks off the side of the track. <laughs> Pretty ironic. <laughs> I got to enjoy the race though. Yeah, I got to watch from the infield, which I've never done before. I got to be like a media guy. Yeah, yeah you don't you don't want to be one of us. We get yelled at. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That reminds me. I yep. guess before we get started, yep. we should uh unfortunately we're gonna have to subject you to this uh Mr. Mason Jr. But <clears throat> We are terribly sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, it's not a laughing. Yeah, it's not a joke. No, are yeah, no, serious no, now. No. This is why we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm uh, I'm fresh off a nap. That's why I didn't get those intros done. My that, bad, Jeffrey. No, for real. I was. I was so tired, dude. After we got done um, uh, with our afternoon meeting earlier today. <laughs> yeah. I like. I was. I was working, and then I got done at four thirty, and then I jumped on my phone real quick. On like TikTok and it fell and hit me in the face. I was like, oh, I'll take a nap real quick. And then I woke up and I was like, holy shit, it's 5.30. So then I started typing and you're like, I'm ready when you are. And I was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> like 10 to 15 minutes. Jesus. <laughs> I was tired, man. My boss made me drive a lot this weekend. Anyways, anyways. So anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. But for real, all jokes aside. Yep. Uh, yeah. This past weekend, we, um, we were explained to in a very serious manner that um some of the things that we said a few weeks ago on our podcast had carried some weight with um dirt city at lena and uh they were not pleased with some of the things that we had said and while we didn't intend on trying to hurt anyone's feelings or trying to like you know make it make it a big deal or 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 anything like that um it, it kind of did become an issue where they weren't happy and we still kind of thought that we were just three dudes that were kind of floating through the atmosphere of things and um it was kind of a wake-up call for us knowing that maybe we're just not three dudes mm-hmm. talking anymore and and that what we say kind of carries a little bit more than it, than it used to. And we upset some people from, from dirt city and, and the intention was never to group every single person that puts their time and effort, um, into, into that same basket of, of just these people that we had encountered and had, and had a bad, um, I guess an encounter with. And I, I, you know, for that, we want to, at least I know I do, uh, as part of impulse media and as part of myself is Tito saying, I just want to apologize and say, I'm sorry for the things that I said. And, and, um, I, I, I shouldn't have said <laughs> those <laughs> explicitly, um, laced words. Uh, I mean, I, I should have handled, handled it differently and, and just said, Hey, I had a, uh, unfortunate encounter with, with a few people and it, and it didn't make you know, that weekend pleasurable. And, and I, there were times that I, I didn't even want to go back on, on that Sunday to, to go there. But, um, so yeah, we, we apologize to, um, you know, Haley and apologize to Carl, apologize to the series and apologize to dirt city. And, and we hope that, um, you know, you guys, if you're listening, hopefully you guys hear this because you heard, uh, the, the podcast that we, uh, put out, <laughs> that was really bad. Um, so I hope at least somebody from Dirt City, Don, um, I hope you hear this and just say at least, you know, at least from me, 
I apologize and say I'm sorry for things that I said. And I hope that, you know, we can move on and, and um, continue to have a, a better experience at Dirt City because the first time that I went there, I enjoyed it. It's just unfortunate that this season I had a bad experience and, you know, went about it the wrong way for sure. And, and it was unprofessional. And then we'll try to do better when it comes to instances like that. Oh, good for you, Tito. Proud of you. And I apologize. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so proud of you. That was a good statement, brother. Yeah. <laughs> no, didn't even, didn't write anything down. Just again, just kind of how I feel. Just it, it was unfortunate that you know we were a little emotional about it. So fresh off of it on Friday, and and again, you know, it was just a wake up call this weekend that we we really got kind of a good talking to about about things, and it opened our eyes that. You know, we're just, I'm still, I'm still that chubby guy lives in a garden level apartment. It's just maybe a little bit different now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no. um, Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, As a co-owner, I guess, of Impulse Media, uh, we didn't mean the things that we said. I mean, we meant them, but we should have explained it in a more professional manner. And um not have taken it that far and especially like tito said group two two people under the whole dirt city umbrella um dirt city is a a fine track and everything and overall i mean it is what it is uh we learned our lesson we learned uh where we stand with stuff and where our podcast is at and uh yeah dirt city don um anybody that we have offended you know um yeah we're sorry uh, and we'll do better next time. No, I mean, I can't really say much more than what you guys said, but basically the same thing. We made a mistake. We learned. Moving on. We're all sorry, obviously. Oh, is that it? Yep. Oh, <laughs> Short and no. sweet. Yeah. Short and to the point. <laughs> all right, Dave, you want to yeah, apologize? Yeah, you want to? No. So <laughs> I just want to say I had a great time at Dirt City. It was an awesome track, <laughs> awesome people, and I think you guys should be very, very sorry for what you said. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. And uh, I'm glad that you're uh, coming out and doing this because, yeah. uh, you know, I had a great time. Oh, and, thanks, that, Dave. and that's our podcast for the day. Yeah. No, but uh, dude, man. Um, well, let's, let's kind of, I guess, go right into it. Um, Mr. Mason Jr. How did your, uh, how'd your weekend at, at Bark River go? Let's let let's work backwards. Let's go. Let's let's do something unorthodox. How was how was your Sunday at Bark River? So Sunday was interesting. Um, coming off of the Saturday race, you know, there's some context there, but I had the fastest lap, so I got to draw the hill for the inversion on starting positions for Sunday. Ended up drawing a ten, which is the third time this <laughs> season that I've been in the top two, and there's been a ten drawn. So you're just kind of you're kind of screwed at that point. Um, <laughs> it, it makes it really difficult because everybody's really good in this class. And, uh, you know, in pro two, everybody drives really hard and, and fights each other really hard. So when you start in 10th, um, it's a huge disadvantage. So, um, had a good race overall. At the end of the day, I had a super clean truck, not a scratch on it and, uh, ended up sixth, but it's just so hard to, you know, move your way up when there's everybody else, fast guys like Mickey running out front. Um, you know, they're not getting roost thrown in their face and everybody else beating each other up. So, um, you know, congrats to him. Of course he did a great job, but you know, it just is a huge advantage starting at the front compared to 
mm-hmm. you know, even if you're fast being at the back. So, you know, overall, um, definitely learned a lot and felt good about the weekend. It's just a bummer that we couldn't put up better results, you know, coming in with that kind of speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you were running up there with the top, well, with the top five, at least. I mean, it's not like there was the top five and then a big gap. I mean, you right. were right there the whole time. Yeah, so I was it, in the battle. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's crazy how stacked this field is. Um, and to get six and be, you know, not too bummed about it, but but knowing that you're behind, um, you know, the former Pro 2 champ and then Jared Brooks, who's, who's the points leader, and then you have, who is that, Corey Winner? Yeah, Corey was up there. Corbin. Corbin, 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 (laughs) Corbin winner. And even Dougie. Yeah. Yeah. He was up there. Yeah. Doug was a 2020. Yeah. So like I said, you got all these, uh, Oh yeah. Former tour. Yeah. Stacked. I mean, it's crazy. It's, I mean, nothing. I I would be stoked to even be where Jay Schaefer's at. (laughs) (laughs) Whole shot King, bro. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, no, it was a fast track this weekend though, especially Sunday. Saturday was Yeah, Saturday was a little bit tricky. Um I haven't driven a mud race where you actually like started the race while it was raining and it fortunately quit, you know, after a lap or two, but um you know, driving this truck in the mud is completely different versus like Sunday where it was all blue grooved and slick and and you know, it's a different kind of slick when you have that mud and then outside lines are all like complete slop fest and then you know, the main line was pretty good, but then Sunday it was, it was totally different. It was, it was blue grooved and hard packed and super slippery, but with giant ruts too, eating people's tires. Um, so throughout the weekend, you basically had three different tracks cause Friday was pretty dry and then Saturday yeah. rain. And then, yeah, totally. Yeah. It was a lot to adapt to, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's the thing I've, uh, you know, tried so hard this year to get used to is the, the different track conditions on every single session. Um, you know, early in the season, that was just so hard to try and figure out where the cushion would be and where it would, you know, move around and when you should just stick on the bottom and not even use the cushion. And, um, I've been, you know, really just trying to study that and watch film from past seasons and past races constantly to try and figure out, you know, how these tracks progress because they all have different dirt. they have different conditions and then you throw rain in the middle. It's raining almost every single weekend. Um, and then, you know, to differing amounts and, you know, it just always throws a wrench in everything. Uh, when it comes to, um, you know, like, uh, like, like Bark River, like you said, it, it was muddy one day and then it was blue groove the other day. Um, you know, you kind of got that, that, that cushion that you're trying to find. And with those kind of tight turns at Bark River, something that we've been asking a lot of the pro two drivers is, you know, like, what is your preference? Do you prefer uh, tight or loose? <laughs> it's yeah, like I heard, converters. I heard you guys talking about converters, yeah. With Mickey. <laughs> I mean, personally, I, I like it all. You know, I want to. I have no preference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid of no challenge. Yeah, <laughs> no challenge. Yeah. Uh, Did you hear Kyle Cheney's answer to that? No, no, I didn't. Oh, hilarious! Wait, who? So we asked Kyle Cheney if he likes it tight or loose. Uh-huh. And then he just said, he's like, I like it to start out tight and finish loose. He's like, that's how you know it was a good race. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so what, what kind of, um, is there any kind of difference in, in setup, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you said a regional series out in California, you know, you got the great American, you know, short course series that's out there. Is there any like sort of difference when it comes to setup for like West coast tracks 
And then something like a Crandon or, or Bark River, you know, something that's a little longer or even something like ERX compared to something uh, out west. Is there like a really big difference as far as setup goes or is that something that you're pretty comfortable with throwing out there? I mean, obviously your lap time show that, but. Yeah, I mean, it's actually very different. If you look at the old Lucas tracks, which gas uses sometimes versus out here, they're totally different. And uh, the way you approach it, the sway bar you use, the tire cut you use, all that stuff. I won't go into any specific details whatsoever. <laughs> um, there's a huge variety. Though. Uh, but yeah, like Cranon, it's totally wide open. You're going into turn one and you're 100 miles an hour versus like Lena, where it's super tight, um, super flat turns. The dirt's not... Um, you know, very, uh, very loamy. So it's super slick. And, uh, the setup is totally different because there you need as much traction as possible. Whereas at Crandon, you know, you don't necessarily want to have like too light of a sway bar and then, you know, hook a rut and then throw you on your head. So we're, we're always playing with that, playing with gearing every single session. And, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're making our notes. And that's the big thing this year is because we don't have experience at all these tracks yet. Um, a lot of the, my competitors have been here in years past and, and they already show up. They know how to set up their shocks. They know what gear to run. They know what converter to put in. And and they're pretty dialed out of the box. For me, I'm kind of trying to play catch up. Uh, but we're figuring it out. Yeah, we're getting fast. Yeah, I mean, I told you this at Lena. Like, I mean, I was guilty of this. Like, I've never really paid attention to, like, what was happening behind everybody. And then I told you at Lena, I was like, it was surprising, I guess, for me to see you, like, like, the, like, again, at Bark River, you're not that far behind everybody, and you're just learning these tracks, you know? Right. Like, you're battling with, like, Keegan all the time, it seems like. And, like you said, Keegan's got all that experience, and you're just out here learning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I did the um, series last year, and that was with a, an entirely different truck. Mm -hmm. We had purchased that truck a couple of years ago from Bryce Menzies, and it's really well built and everything, but they hadn't really refined it to, you know, the level that their trucks usually are. They didn't race it very much, so... We got it and we made some changes and worked through it. And you're, you're kind of dealing with a truck that's maybe not totally dialed out of the box. And then I'm getting in and I've raced pro buggy and carts and stuff like that. But that didn't prepare me for pro two whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. It's totally different. <laughs> and so I'm trying to learn a truck, a new series, a new, um, you know, just all these settings. And then we got that truck pretty dialed. And then now, you know, we're not using it anymore. <laughs> we got uh, Doug Mittag's old truck. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, so it's a whole new thing to learn on these new tracks. And it's just kind of part of the process. We kind of came into the season knowing like we just needed to take this year and learn as much as possible, run every lap of every race if we can and, uh, and try and really get fast for next season. What's been your, uh, what's been your favorite track so far? I mean, even, even including the tracks out West, I mean, even in like pro buggy, hell, we'll even throw it back to trophy cart shit, uh, trophy <laughs> cart, like, uh, like pro buggy, even the, you know, the great American series, even, uh, here in the Midwest, what's been your favorite track to race on so far? Like of all time, back mm -hmm. to all time, 2006 man. trophy carts. That's pretty hard to say, actually. <laughs> um, I really liked, I liked Lake Elsinore, both iterations there was, were super cool. Um, and then I like Bark River as well. And ERX. I mean, the tracks out here are all like pretty damn cool. Is it the, uh, is it the purpose built tracks that kind of like are more fun? Cause again, they're obviously they're purpose built. This is what they're for. Uh, is, is, is that kind of a little bit more fun or did, uh, or again, like you said, like Elsinore kind of like the Chandler tracks were a little bit more kind of motocross like, <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, I don't know. like, like I mean, do you have like a preference or anything? Not necessarily. I mean, um, I like, like I said, I like the challenge on all of them. Um, I did like Firebird when they had the crazy split lane there. Um, got into some wild battles <laughs> in the pro buggy there and got some wins at Firebird. Um, that was cool. And then the last season they turned it around. They went a different direction and, but they, it was weird the way they did that. So they kind of ruined that track. Unfortunately, we don't even get to go there, but yeah, some of the Lucas tracks were cool. Like Lake Elsinore had that huge Matterhorn jump. Um, Reno was pretty wild because it was in a rock quarry and totally wide open with huge air and stuff like that. So they were pretty creative for a while. And then like the first time we went to Utah at Lucas, they had like this, it was like three miles long. It was like this wild track. Um, but here it's, it's really cool to see the purpose built tracks because they take up so much space. Like Bark river is just this massive area. It's cool Mm -hmm. to see somebody that like has the passion to own all that property and keep it up and put on events year after year, you know, same thing as with Crandon. I mean, it's just uh, about as cool as it gets. The fact that, you know, people come from all over the entire state and the Midwest region to come follow the series and come watch these races is something we didn't really necessarily have back in the Lucas days to the same extent. Yeah. So uh, why, why do you think that is, is, and, and, and we've had different you know opinions on here and I do like to kind of hear from just the West coast guys too. Why do you think something like the Midwest series has just continued to have success for, I mean, again, going back to Cranon, it's going to be 53, 54 years. Whereas Lucas out there, I mean, they had all the really cool stuff. They had the, the, the stuff to succeed. Why do you think it didn't succeed? Do you think it's because just kind of desert, there's just a lot more stuff to do out there. Whereas in the Midwest, it's like, you know, kind of, this is it for, for racing. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good point. I mean, if you go to San Diego, California or Las Vegas or something, you have a race, there's so much competition for other uh, interesting events. You know, I mean, San Diego, there's concerts everywhere and there's theme parks and there's beaches and there's mountains. I mean, just so many activities that you can do. So it's kind of hard to draw in people at a Southern California or, or Las Vegas event. Whereas out here, it's like people plan for it. You know, you call a campground across the street from Cran and they're booked out over a year in advance. Like, you know, people are super into it out here because, you know, there's just not quite as many like necessarily entertaining things um, going on. And, and it's pretty cool. I mean, like the racing in general out here is it has that prestige. It has that that uh, mystique that when I was growing up in California, like you'd always hear about Cranon, like in California, people had this mm-hmm. mindset that Cranon was like the world center of off-road racing. So, um, you know, I think that's what brings in people is like that historical and and cool you know, mantra. Yeah. You know, to kind of keep getting off topic, cause we didn't even talk about Saturday yet at Burke River, but, uh, <laughs> you know, let's, <laughs> how did you, how did you get started in racing? I know we talked about it. Uh, you know, the, one of the questions on rush, but you know, we can talk about it here too. Is like, how did you get started in racing? Like growing up, like, did, so like you said, growing up in California, was that something you've always wanted to do was like, like, go-karts was that something you want to do how'd you get interested in racing and then how did you get into the trophy carts then yeah so i grew up in racing basically my dad raced for a ford motor company in the 90s um with the herzog racing team and so he's been racing my entire life and way before that so um i I grew up going to the baja races and best in the desert races in nevada and all over the country and as soon as the trophy carts came out my dad was like right on it and that was along with a lot of other uh, big time drivers, dads, like all the Herps and the Smiths and RJ Anderson, like everybody that was in off road immediately got trophy carts for their kids for that first race. It was pretty cool. 
um, like how many people like in the industry just jumped on that and all these little kids, all these like major well-known drivers, kids jumped in uh, full bore. And it kind of about that time, my dad sort of stepped away. Once I started getting into the limited buggies and the pro buggy, he sort of stepped away to focus on my career. And, you know, I had fortunately a little bit of talent, so he, uh, <laughs> he got behind it and has helped me, uh, you know, grow all, all the way along. So, and then once you were done, uh, did you, did you age out of trophy carts? And then did you have to make a decision to go into and do like a, a buggy class or were you like, Hey man, this shit's too slow. I want to go fast. <laughs> no, I grew, I grew out of it. It was funny because I was in, uh, I was like 15 years old and I turned 16. So I aged out like in the middle of the season, but they let me finish the season. And so I'd go to high school and I'm driving this little trophy cart, <laughs> which was, it was a mod cart and I was super competitive in that thing. But you know, I tell my friends like, Oh, I'm going to this race in Las Vegas. I'm going to do all this stuff. And they're like, dude, you're racing like eight year olds, aren't you? <laughs> and so, so I never got any respect from my friends. <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? And, but we were into it, you know, and we were from 12 to 15, I was in the carts, like at the cutting edge and pushing the limit there. And then after that, it was like, okay, either go to UTVs, which were rhinos and then like razor eight hundreds. That wasn't really too uh popular for us so we decided to give me a limited buggy um because our crew chief steve built fantastic volkswagen engines and it was like okay we'll go right into that class get an alumacraft and you know i did pretty well out of about two in that thing so it was kind of a natural transition i'd have been a terrible individual to be in trophy carts man like especially at 15 16 <clears throat> i'd had a shirt that said fuck them kids <laughs> wipe the floor <laughs> oh, with these kids yeah. i don't care about your feelings yeah uh, just get better and try to beat me yeah <laughs> <laughs> my problems suck it was cool though like but, i raced uh, against sheldon creed and rj anderson i mean obviously those guys are awesome and mitchell DeYoung, and you know like it's crazy the amount of talent that has come through that and it's still coming up through the carts it's yeah. it's pretty awesome like by the time I got into pro buggy, I already had like five years of racing experience and 20 podium trophies. And, you know, I had already, you know, kind of had a lot of experience and that actually translated a lot as I worked my way up, you know, being a good driver and those things helped me a lot all the way. Man, that's a name I haven't heard in forever is uh, Mitchell DeYoung. Cause I remember when he came to uh, Crandon here and raced the, the, uh, Midwest series here, Mitchell DeYoung. He was a, he was a beast man. And in, in yeah. the uh, pro buggy out here, he was sponsored by Traxxas and young little kid, man. And, and had a lot of talent. I was hoping he would kind of keep in the series because I, I, I was a big fan. I liked him. And, and obviously he's off doing other things now. And I think racing in like the world rally cross lights, I think was the last time that I, I knew of that, but um, no, it, it's crazy to see how that talent comes from, from trophy carts into you said the buggies and then, um, why, why the, why the jump from buggy right to pro two, why not pro light? Did you feel like you were, that you could handle yourself in a pro two? Did you test in a pro two? So it's kind of funny. I actually did race pro light for about a half a season that last year of Lucas in 2020. Um, it was kind of a weird deal because Lucas, um, they were trying to phase out the big motors and get everybody on the 410 fuel injected iron block engines. And we had actually already bought that Menzies truck and we were like, okay, we're going to go in 2020, we're going to go race. But then they said, okay, well, we're going to make you do a restrictor plate and, or unless you have the 410 engine. And so we talked to several of the engine builders. We're like, what should we do? We have this awesome truck with a big, you know, nice engine, but we don't want to spend a hundred grand to convert and put a different 410 <laughs> engine in it. That's heavier. 
And so he said, you know what, you know, you might want to just kind of like wait and see what happens here because there are a lot of people lobbying to continue using those uh, unlimited engines. And so we didn't want to just spend the money and then go backwards and have to switch it back again. So we bought a ProLite from Brandon Arthur. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, we got it from him. And um, I really struggled in that thing. <laughs> it was so hard. Um, I barely fit in it for one thing because I'm 6'2". So we had to like cram me in there. And then the first race we did a regional, a Lucas regional, and I wadded the thing up super hard. Um, just hucking it in there like a pro bug gear, like a pro two should. And it just hooked and threw me on my head. So after that, you know, we did a few races and we're like, okay, we're, this is not helping me in any reason. We already have a pro two sitting here. So mm -hmm. we might as well just get me some more experience in that. But going back to your question, um, we've always wanted to do pro two. That's like, you know, the pinnacle. Um, I think pro four is, is like really the top of the heap, but it's extremely expensive. So, mm -hmm. uh, once we kind of got to the point where we could have, yeah, a reasonable amount of sponsorship from eBay Motors um, and be able to afford it um, is definitely a dream of ours to go from, you know, we, we got timed out in buggy. We were kind of bored of that, uh, did really well, but just kind of did all we could do there. Um, we felt like going to Pro 2 was was definitely the top step and not just go to Pro 2. We don't want to just, you know, go here and, you know, race and say, oh, that's cool. We did that. We want to come and win some races and, you know, make a mark out here. So have you, um, <clears throat> have you always been a competitor? I mean, um, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, no homo here, but, uh, <laughs> you're a, you're, you're a pretty fit dude. Like you said, you're six foot two, you're a big dude, uh, you know, fit. I mean, as, as we all saw, uh, at Bark River, which we'll get into, <laughs> you know, you let it be known, Hey, I'm a fucking athlete. So have you always been, uh, like a competitor? Did you play baseball, football, like water polo? Like what, what kind of things were you into in high school? So hundred percent, always been a competitor. I always want to be the best at whatever I do. So I'm into like a million hobbies from, you know, racing, dirt bike, snowboarding, wakeboarding, just anything, you know, you can do, you know, physically or even playing pool or playing darts or playing beer pong or flip <laughs> crazy foot race. Like I've always wanted to be the best at anything I'm, you know, doing. I have a little like ADHD. So I kind of hyper-focus on certain things if I get into it and, uh, and just, you know, I just want to be the best. So that definitely translates to racing, whether it's in a truck or on my feet. Um, <laughs> I did run track in, in high school. So it's funny, my freshman year, my buddies were all like, Oh, let's, let's all do track. And they were way faster than me. And I totally sucked. I was like way too skinny and had no muscles and, um, would get smoked in these track races. And it took like my whole high school career to get to where I was fast. And finally I got to the point where I was, I was winning some track and field races. I did the hurdles because mm -hmm. I have long legs and, uh, I got the, the 110 high hurdle championship, uh, you know, my senior year. So I did know how to train and, and run fast and, and do all that stuff. I learned all that. So when we did this foot race, I took it seriously. That's going to bum everybody out knowing yeah. that you used to do that in high school. Yeah. Well, well, that was 10 years ago. So I haven't ran like that since high school, but, um, you know, I kind of sprinting, but you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's not just the running in this thing either. It's the, the drinking, it's the flip yeah. cup, yeah. it's the mud in this case. Um, you know, it's a lot of factors that come down, but I'm, uh, I'm competitive. If I'm going to show up and do something, I'm going to want to win. <laughs> did you, uh, <clears throat> so you did track in high school. Did you go to college after that at all? Did you keep doing uh, track in college? You go to college at all? Or were you like, you know, now nah, let's, let's see what this, uh, or did you do like racing and see like where that, like where that took you? 
Yeah. So I was, you know, I've been super busy with racing all the way along. Um, after high school, I went to community college for a couple of years. And so I was doing that. I was working full time. And then I was also doing, you know, pro buggy racing and stuff. So I was super busy. My dad had recently started a new construction company about the time I graduated from high school. So um, I kind of had to decide whether I was going to stay in school, but, you know, keep working and keep racing. That was totally overwhelming. It was like, I have a good opportunity to help my dad here, um, you know, start a big company that we can, um, you know, help ourselves with for the rest of our lives. Um, or I could go, you know, get an art degree or something and do something totally different. That was not interesting. So he's like, look, if you, uh, you know, work your ass off for the rest of your life, you can take over the company and then, uh, you know, provide well for your family and, and all that from there. So yeah, we have a construction company back in San Diego, um, called Tri-State General Contractors. We've been around for eight years and we're, uh, we're pretty dang big with remodel construction, uh, big retail and, uh, Walmarts and CVSs and auto parts stores and stuff like that. So that's my full-time job plus my full-time mm-hmm. racing job, which I'm doing out here mm-hmm. all summer long. You know, uh, Dave, just kind of like talking to you, listening to you, um, you know, growing up, especially sounding by, by the stuff that you do, you know, you, you sound like the prototypical Cali dude, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm not getting a Cali dude accent, man. Like, like the first time I met you or even heard your voice, I was like, damn, this guy's got to be from like Idaho or like fucking Iowa. Like, <laughs> there's no way that you're like from California. Are you, like, are you born and raised like California oh, yeah. your whole life? Because yeah, it so, does not sound like it. Well, it's North County, San Diego, California. So it was kind of rural. <laughs> like I lived on seven acres. We had like, I did 4-H. Um, I had a quad track on my, on our property when I grew up. So, you know, it's a little bit rural, but I don't know. Definitely Cali Rays. 100%. <laughs> Man, I know I was exp- like, like when you were saying like, oh yeah, wakeboarding, like snowboarding, stuff like that. I expected a little more of like a did kind of thing. Exactly. We're going to go shred the gnar. Yeah. <laughs> so gnarly, dude. That's what, that's what I fully expected. So I, I know we're kind of, again, jumping all over the, the place here, but um, you know, being, being from California again, you know, you, you got the business is there any future like, like what, what's kind of like the future plan or like, what's the picture picture perfect plan? Would, would you want to get uh, somewhere like, like a small house or cabin in the Midwest here where it's somewhere you can be like a shot for the, for the off-road series. And then you can still kind of work back there or like, like what's the deal. Do you just want to keep with the, with the family business and then, you know, make the summer commute here? Yeah. So we actually have bought a shop, um, up in Leona. It's like 25 miles North from here and closer to Crandon. And, um, so we're pretty invested in this whole program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to come race out here in the Midwest, you know, every year, but, uh, you know, I still definitely want to call Cali my home the rest of the year, especially the winter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So the idea is we built some apartments in the shop. My wife and I are staying out here full time this summer. And then, uh, you know, in the future, once this is all built out and stuff, it'll be kind of, you know, a little bit more comfortable, but we have the semi there. We have the race trucks, we have um, a nice little piece of land and a shop. So we're, we're definitely, uh, invested and, and looking forward to spending our summers out here for the next several years, at least. You know, what's insane too, is that, um, you know, just kind of throughout the season, especially in a stacked class that pro two is, is that, 
in all of that talent, you have, you know, to, you know, to us and I hope to other people emerged as yet another driver that can contend for, you know, the, the, the top part of the class, you know what I mean? Where you, you are putting on the laps, you're learning more. And as the season has gone on again, man, you, you see your name at like the top of those qualifying charts and, 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 you know, winning these legendary foot races that I hear of. <laughs> and, it's, and it's so cool to, to be able to see you kind of like make your name in pro two in the most stack class we've, we've had in a very long time. So, I mean, definitely kudos to you. You know, I, as far as, I don't want to say most improved, but definitely, you know, showing out who you are in a stacked class for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. You know, I want to, you know, make a name for myself out here and gain some respect. Um, I grew up looking up to racers like uh, Carl Renzenter and um, Rob McCachran and guys like that, where, you know, they had a pretty good record of being clean drivers and and getting it done. But um, they had, I think the respect of their competitors. And that's what I want to, you know, like the beginning of the season, I was kind of sketchy a little bit (laughs) because I, you know, I wasn't used to the truck yet and or any of these tracks or anything. And, you know, there was uh, a little bit of carnage on the track, but the end of the day, you know, I think current drivers like Keegan and, and Mickey have kind of that reputation that, you know, they're, they have speed and they can get it done without taking people out. That's kind of where I want to get to, to where I'm consistent and smooth. And, uh, you know, it's hard to have friends in your own class at the races um, because you're always battling with people door to door. But at the end of the day, you know, I hope that people will respect me um, as I work my way up and it's all process, you know, it's all about earning that respect. When you're a newcomer in the class, nobody's going to give you any room. Um, you know, nobody's going to give you any respect, but, you know, I hope to earn that amongst my competitors and, and, you know, earn some fans out here in Wisconsin. You know, I'm not going to lie. I, I do feel a little bad, <clears throat> Jeffrey. I think I might've made another mistake at Lena. Um, <laughs> so I got to apologize to you, Mr. Mason jr. Um, for, uh, calling you an underdog. And I understood why <laughs> you were not too thrilled about that, uh, about that word. Um, but again, it was just kind of the start of the season. And then now I think for sure, um, you know, by the end of that season, I, I definitely don't think you're, you're in that grouping anymore, you know, n- not saying anything bad about, you know, those other guys, but you know, you, you definitely have talent. You definitely have that drive to, to be in that front group for sure. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. My I apologies. Mean, no, it's okay. <laughs> apology accepted. <laughs> uh, it's all good. I mean, you know, this is like part of the process, you know, working my way up. And like I said, trying to, trying to get my name out there and get to the top of the leaderboard. Um, it's, it's a journey, you know, you don't just show up and, and go dominate. So, you know, I've got to, I've got to earn my keep and, uh, and make a name for myself out here. So why, why not desert? I mean, I, I know you earn class one in, 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 in the desert, but why, why stick with short course? I mean, like, you know, is it just because like desert again, it, it, it is long, it's the chase, it's, it's the challenge of it. But is there something about short course that just kind of keeps you there that you're like, Hey man, this is, this is my jam. Like, like what, why short course and why not desert as far as like that, deep commitment, I guess goes. Yeah. Well, I'd say there's two reasons. First of all is the intensity. Um, like you don't get that in the desert necessarily. You start at different intervals and you're racing for hours and hours, but you're never pushing quite as hard as short course. Like in short course, you're throwing down on the edge, you know, whether you're going to roll or wreck or, um, you know, make that pass or whatever you're like door to door in a way that you never see or get 
in desert. So there, that intensity is, is just pretty awesome. It's totally exhilarating and, um, it's thrilling. Um, as far as, you know, the second reason it's, uh, it's a challenge, you know, when you have people who have those names like Carl, um, rent center and McCachron and stuff like that, you want to, I want to be one of those guys. I want to be renowned as, uh, not only just a desert racer, um, but also one of the top, you know, drivers in short course, because, you know, coming out here from California, um, it's a challenge that, you know, it's, it's my, my team and my dad and everybody, we want to, you know, rise to that occasion and show what we can do out here. You know, what kind of uh, fascinates me too, is that, you know, some of you, some of you drivers who <clears throat> prefer short course instead of desert, you know, tend to be, or I guess not tend to be, but there are a lot more than I thought on the kind of like calmer reserved side of things. So like, you know, I'm, you know, like you, Corey winner, you know, Mickey Thomas, you guys kind of have that, you know, cool, calm demeanor and you guys are out there looking, you know, I'm not saying like looking for the the adrenaline rush, but, but like you said, it's, it's high intensity, you know what I mean? And, and then it is a little weird to kind of like put those two together. You know, it's very like Ted Bundy esque. You know what I mean? Where you're very like looking, looking for that, like adrenaline rush. And, um, I don't know, man, like, like you would think that if somebody who's doing like short course off-road racing for that intensity it would be somebody that's like, you know, like me or like, you know, Ryan beat or somebody who's very like eccentric, but I, I am finding more and more that even in this sport, you can have somebody who's like cool, calm and collective. And still kind of have that like similar race style too. And um, it, it's cool to like find out and know more that there are guys like you out there too, that's still throwing it down, even though you're, like I said, pretty, pretty cool, dude. Pretty yeah. chill, dude. Yeah. I think I'm pretty laid back. Like overall, um, I don't let things get to me, um, but I think that's kind of an asset. You know, my dad, um, he's an awesome dude. He has more of a temper, um, which has gotten him far in life. You know, he doesn't let things slide. He just, uh, you know, if there's something wrong, he's going to jump all over it. Um, but for me, I think in the, in the racetrack, if something goes wrong, I'm not just going to like, you know, go just blast somebody off the track or do something stupid. I'm going to take, say, okay, um, these are the, the circumstances we're stuck with and how am I going to make the best possible, um, decision to move forward from there and, and make the most of it. So I kind of try to do that every day in my daily life is like, okay, you know, if things don't go my way, whatever, it's fine. We'll just move on and, uh, and we're just going to make the most of it from these new circumstances, you know? So that's kind of how I like to live my life. If so, you know, I don't, I don't just get super angry and I don't throw my helmet down and flip people off in the middle of the track. But, you know, it's, it's pros and cons, you know, like that hot headed attitude, you know, can make, you know, can give those people those, uh, you know, that have that the advantage to try and maybe push harder and, and do something and pull something off. Whereas me, I'm just like more collected. You know, like you said, like how, how do you have that contrast where you have like a chill guy, but wants that adrenaline rush. It's almost like, you know, like if you look at James Bond, just like, I'm not comparing myself, <laughs> but he never gets like angry and freaks out and does like crazy stuff. It's like, no, it's just calm and calculated and making decisions and figuring out, you know, the best way to, you know, succeed. Yeah. So we could, oh, we, go could ahead, take, Jeffrey. we could take a page out of that book. <laughs> no, I think that, you know, we didn't handle my myself. father, 
was a drinker. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. Yeah. yeah, so here's the thing. You want to know how I got these scars, Dave? No, no. No. <laughs> um, so like you said, you know, you're, you're a pretty cool, calm dude. Um, do you have any, like, siblings? Are you are you, like, a middle child? Or how, how is it that you think that kind of made, like, Dave Mason? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have a sister. Um, she's four years older than me, and she's wonderful. She uh, has a one-year-old daughter. So we're all excited to, you know, have a have a kid in the family, a new baby. Um, but yeah, so I've had a great relationship with her. Um, I think, you know, just my whole family mindset, we're all, we all are very competitive. Um, there's, I have many family members that work for us all in the same company as well. So, you know, we have this mindset that we're not going to lay each other down. We're all, uh, in it together and we're going to make things happen. So, um, I kind of, I feel like I just get it from my family. Um, you know, and just try to, try to take what I've learned from everybody from all my awesome family members and, and, you know, take the bits and pieces that have helped them and, and try to be the best I can be. I'm always trying to be not only the best in competitive endeavors, but just kind of consider myself, like, how can I be better, um, as a person, as a husband? And, um, you know, just, I'm always analyzing and, and trying to do my best. That's what's up, man. Absolutely. So Saturday at Bark River, it's raining, right? And, uh, let's, let's talk about that. I mean, we, we talked about Sunday, got a little off course. <laughs> it's real. Let's reel it back. Okay. We, we know how Jeffrey goes. He always kind of gets off the rails and we got to reel him back in <laughs> But Saturday, you know, it, on Sunday or on Friday, put down a hell of a lap, <clears throat> uh, second best got the invert. So then on Saturday, you had to kind of, again, battle your way through. What was that like as far as like being in, in, in a more like a sloppy race again on Sunday, you got six, you know, Saturday having to deal with those elements and then dealing with that again, how do you have like that mindset going forward? Like, like, good Lord, man, this is the third time this has happened to me. How do you go out and still perform? <laughs> you know, like I said, I just take the circumstances I've given that invert rule, I think is complete baloney. Um, I want to put it on the record <laughs> that I think they should get rid of that entirely, or at least change it to where, they have a zero in the hat. So at least if you qualify first, you can start first for once. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's 12 cars in the field and you invert 10. That's, uh, that's pretty brutal, but, uh, you know, you just take, take what you can and, and do your best. Um, I didn't know how the truck would perform on that kind of track. It's totally different sliding around, you know, like I said, on a Lomi track versus a, a, a wet slick track versus a dry slick blue groove track. Um, I didn't know exactly how it would be, um, and then early in the race, um, we were all bumping and banging. I was trying to stick my nose in, in the giant pack of cars and, uh, and somebody clipped my tire. So I got a, I got a left rear flat, flew into the hot pit, um, which was also super muddy. So I came in a little sideways mm-hmm. and, uh, my team changed the tire in like 32 seconds. It was pretty wild. Um, you know, they're a desert crew, so, mm-hmm. you know, they all do our desert races, so they know how to change a tire quick. So I got out, stayed on the lead lap and then they threw the yellow um, like the next lap, but they didn't, the, uh, the pace car was going so fast. I couldn't catch up. So I had to go, I think I ran my fastest lap under yellow because I was just trying to, <laughs> I trying to catch up to everybody. I was just trying to catch the field. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm like sending all the jumps and stuff just to catch up because they wouldn't let me do the shortcut. I don't know why. And then I had to, you know, try and regroup the field. So we took the, the restart. I was a hundred feet behind the last truck. So that was kind of brutal. I said, not only did I have to try and pass people, but I had to catch them first. Um, so I passed several trucks, um, and got up, got up pretty far, but I don't know the the truck was super dialed on that day. I felt really good. Um, I, 
obviously got the first or the fastest lap in the race, um, not under yellow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was just money. I mean, we got St- Steve Barlow on the team, um, and he's a legend in off road yep. and short course and yeah. everything. And so he's a huge asset for getting us dialed. Um, and then my crew chief, Seth Walters, like he will not sleep until the mm-hmm. truck is perfect. So, um, it's pretty cool to have a team like that and make sure they're thinking about every single little thing. You know, it's like we have a stack field approach as well. I have a pretty stacked team myself that, you know, we're not going to let anything, any little issue come up. We were, we're trying to think of every possible way to get the truck dialed for the conditions that are going to happen. So as soon as it started raining, we're talking to the Maxis guys. It's like, all right, what's going to be the best tire groove? Do we go with a mud tire? Do we go with an all-terrain that's like grooved up pretty gnarly? And, uh, you know, they nailed it. They nailed it on Saturday. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Steve Barlow and, um, you know, I, I, Steve Barlow's, like you said, legend, he's been around short course for a very long time. You know, I, I, I have yet to like talk to him and like say, hi, it's just, he's got this very intense stare that has scared the (laughs) shit out of me. Yeah, I could see that. (laughs) Like ever since I was a kid, I mean, even like being like a young man, it's just that stare that Steve Barlow has. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wait to say hi. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've still been waiting like 10, 12 years. <laughs> say anything. Like we were right next to him, like talking to him. And I was like, can't even look at him. He's like a vampire. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. He's, he's super chill. He's like a, he's an awesome dude. Uh, but he is one of the legends of sport. Like I said, mm-hmm. Carl Rensenter and McCackman, like he was, has always been up there. And so it's funny because when I met him, it was like the same way, you know, it's like bring him on the team is like, Oh man, this guy, you know, he has, he has a big name in the sport and a lot of respect. So, you know, I think that brings some legitimacy to our team and, you know, he's been a huge part of, of getting me up to speed as quickly as we have. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and definitely, like you said, I think it, I think it shows your season so far, you know, being a one full season in champ off road, just kind of like, again, how far you're coming, you you got all, all the right pieces, got Steve Barlow there. You're learning these tracks, you're learning the setups, you're getting more seat time, you know, are, are you learning to then kind of drive with, uh, with guys like, like Keegan and Jared, because again, unfortunately, sometimes you're in the back and, and, you know, those guys will, will drive a little harder than they should. Um, are you kind of starting to learn then how to drive with the front guys? Cause again, that's a whole different class of driving and, and, and kind of almost trust, like you said, or like, like, it's like a ballet dance, you know, are you kind of learning to then hang with those guys up front? Yeah, I am. I'm, uh, I'm learning basically how they do their, their driving. You know, Jarrett seems to like to take the bottom of the track and kind of crawl around on the, on the blue group portion. And then other drivers like to just nail the cushion and, and lean on that all the time. So I'm kind of learning, you know, what everybody's strengths are and how they set up their trucks and, you know, like certain people set up their truck to be better at the beginning and worse at the end or better at the end. We always kind of try to dial ours in to be good at the end for whatever track condition we expect it to be. And, uh, and so that we can charge hard at the end of the race. But I've definitely found that studying the, uh, the habits and the driving style of others has helped a lot because, you know, the guys at the very front are very consistent. Um, they, they race each other generally pretty clean and, uh, you know, it's definitely been a value to, to see all the past videos from the last races in past seasons and stuff. And then just, just see how they do things because that's, you know, that's how I, I need to be is, is replicating what they're doing and try and figure out a little bit of an advantage. And look at you. I should start calling you the accountant. You're so calculated. <laughs> like it's, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> 
Here we go. That's the yeah. That's the best name you could have as a racer. Yeah. The accountant. Yeah. Oh my God. So I was gonna boring. say maybe I should come up with something different because like, but it is cool to like hear hear that you are like studying you know the drive driving habits and and again you watch film and and you're definitely a, like a student of the game basically you know it, and it's so cool because you know athletes in any other sport kind of take that approach too and and that's how you get better so it's really awesome to hear you know kind of say that i was gonna say aaron Rodgers, but i don't know how you feel about aaron Rodgers. i think he's pretty good (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't wouldn't mind being in company with him yeah that works Uh, well when you lose in the first round in playoffs every year i don't know you know what? You know what? Well, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into that in a little bit because uh, again, you know, we still got some racing questions to handle, Jeffrey, and then we'll get into some, you know, fun personal questions. Nothing too crazy because uh, you know this is our first time with Mister Mason on the, the podcast. So, um, uh, I got two two more racing questions. Um, let's kind of touch back on the on the invert. What do you think would be a really ideal? Um, solution or or kind of change for the invert do you think it should be circumstantial like like circumstantial on how many people are in the class like that weekend or even um just kind of throughout the year because like you said man you have a 10 invert with 13 trucks at bark river it's so brutal do you take kind of like a 50 percent kind of like approach on that per weekend where it's like you know six is the max or do you do just eight with a zero like like what's kind of like your your thoughts on that whatever gets me first every time (laughs) no i i I see it both ways like the series wants to make the racing interesting they want to have good tv and all that they don't want to have the top qualifier start on the front row and run away and just you know have it have it be like that um so i understand like some basis for it but they've taken it too far when you have more than like you said half the field being inverted so if it's 13 trucks, I don't think there should be more than six. Um, and then also there's no zero in the pile. So there's literally no way that you can qualify first, be the fastest guy, which is everybody's goal. You want to be the fastest guy on the track without being basically penalized by an invert. So they should definitely have a zero or multiple zeros. So that the odds are greater that there's some chance that you get a zero and then max, you know, maybe six total or 50% of the field max. But I don't think eight or 10 really should be in the pile because it just it, it's almost like a major penalty. You know, it's like in a NASCAR race, if you get a if you get a black flag late in the race, because we don't have a three hour race like a Daytona 500. We have a 13 minute plus a lap or two race. And there's just not enough time to drive around this place clean, get your truck to the front and uh, and have something left to work with. Like there's just there's just not enough time in our races to have an invert like 10. Yeah. I mean, again, you, you've been one of the, I don't want to say most, but, but you've definitely had that go against you. I, I think maybe the most uh, that, that I know of, I mean, like I said, dude, at ERX, I saw your name second in qualifying. I was like, I was like, look at this shit. Davey Mason Jr. <laughs> up here putting down a good qualifying lab. I was, and then I jinxed you. And I was like, wouldn't that be some shit if it's a oh, 10 it's invert? And then somebody okay. like later on, told me and I was like, Oh my God, I was <laughs> like, no, I felt so bad for you, dude. And then come bark river, same thing, man. You put on a second place. And I was like, I swear, man. I was like, I hope it doesn't happen. Again. <laughs> you can imagine how yeah. we were feeling. Same thing. Yeah. You know, Monitor, it, I started getting like, really like, 
kind of scared of myself because then then I learned you had fast lap and I was like and I I think I was like boy I didn't say it but I, I was like I was like, boy, I put it out there in, in the universe I was like boy I was like Dave Mason man I was like I hope that's all I said and then and then we found out it was a 10 invert and I was like man Tito you're gonna win the lottery and well I guess so I, that shit doesn't work yeah it was just yeah, I won the bad lottery. <laughs> it was funny though because my dad's like, "Oh, have Taylor, your wife, go draw the number because she's good luck. You know, she's fantastic." So she's like, "Don't put that kind of stress on my marriage because she did not want to draw." It <laughs> so I drew it myself. I was like, "Okay, I'll take the you know take it for the team," and uh, and I drew very horribly. So it's just it's so ironic. I mean, it's crazy. You know, you th- like it does it it should come around, go around stuff like that. Um, and it definitely does. And everybody, you know, gets the good luck or bad luck deal. But I, I just don't think that racing in a competitive class like this, where everybody's spending like hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. where it should, should be like a lottery, whether you're going to be, you know, starting on the front row or you're completely screwed. Like if I qualify 10th, I don't believe I deserve to start on the front row. Like that just doesn't seem right. You know, if I qualify first, that means I worked really hard and did my homework and maybe came out and tested before the event and uh, and drove my ass off i should be rewarded for that and have a good opportunity to go you know contend for a win and some points and all that um the last question i have the last racing question i have uh is just kind of about the foot race do you gentlemen have anything uh regarding any sort of like racing questions or anything you want to know um i know i had a stack person my first round and uh beat him (laughs) I beat him. Anyways, uh, Lyle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My last like professional question would be, do you know when you set that fast lap? Like, do you like, you know how you like you're riding dirt bikes, you know, you're hitting all like, your lines. You're flowing. You're yeah. flowing. Yeah. yeah. No, like, there's, there's, you know, like in that race, yeah. I, you know, it was so muddy and so slick. I just didn't, I mean, I was, I was doing my best to drive around the place, but I didn't feel like, Oh yeah, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just killing it right now. Cause like a lot of the race, since like I said, I started behind the field after the restart, I, I didn't really have much of a gauge for other, other people around me. So it's funny because my dad, he said, he's like, I think you said the fastest lap. You looked so good. You were so great. But f- meanwhile, I'm in there like slipping and sliding around <laughs> like, like, Oh man, I'm, you know, I, I didn't necessarily feel great. So it's funny because same thing with the qualifying. It's like, okay, yeah, I think I did pretty good, but, I, like I said, I always analyze everything. I could think of like three, four different places where I could have made up a little bit of time. So when you get that good qualifying session, it's like, it's such a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was wondering, but just because like you said, you ride dirt bikes and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, like we know when we feel it, like when you're nailing yeah. it. I was yeah. like, Oh, this is feel good. But out yeah. there, you just felt like I, there's no way I'm the fastest. I mean, well, no, I, I felt good. Like, you know, I, I, and I did my best and I, I, I was blessed to have some clean air to throw mm-hmm. down that good lap, you know, being in the back wasn't ideal, but at least I said, you know, it was a strategy. It was like, okay, we have no one around us. Let's just go throw down some hardcore qualifying laps and try and set that time because that's an opportunity to hopefully yeah. start better <laughs> um, the next day. But yeah. uh, it's funny, you know, it's, it's, it's so hard to tell like how you, how you are. Cause you could get out of the car and be like, Oh, I, I smoked that lap. Like I totally did great. Mm-hmm. And then be two seconds off or something like, you just don't know how everybody else has their setup and who's dialed and stuff like that. And I never even saw the leaders in that race because yeah. you know, the invert and then the contact with the flat and everything. So, um, it was hard to say, but you know, you never know. Um, you always try to do your best, but I'm always still thinking mm-hmm. about little things like 
how I can be a little bit better and, yeah. and dial it in. How was that truck on Saturday? From where I was standing, it just looked like there was holes everywhere. It looked rough. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> rough. It was definitely rougher Saturday, I thought, yeah. than Sunday. Um, and then slip inside in the mud was t- it was tough because it was like one line that was good and then basically a wall of sloppy mud on the outside. <laughs> so if you try to get out, it was like put the anchors out, man. It'd yeah. slow you down like crazy if you got in the thick mud. So um, it was pretty good. I mean, they really, I think, did a good job. It was nice to be at the end of the day. And not those first stock trucks. <laughs> yeah. um, those guys got wrecked. It was so bad. I was watching that race to observe and yeah. see how the track was. It was horrible, but you know, they got a better throughout the entire day and yeah. I think did a good job. That was my last question, Tito. Uh, I got one. Um, it, it was a typical question that we asked uh, in the early beginnings of this podcast. Um, do you prefer lap laps or timed races? Um, I guess probably timed. I mean, that way, you know, you get your time. I don't know. I think they shouldn't run the time when there's under yellow, like they should determine, okay, you know, like the amount of racing time it should be. Um, and then under yellow, just stop the clock, like a, like a football game mm-hmm. and then, you know, restart it again. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really carry the way, you know, that I'd seen, I think the links of the races are pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. That was it for me. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's go into the uh, the race of the weekend. You know, we had some chunks <laughs> out there on the track that you know tried to tried to perform, but we all know where the racing was, and it was at the finish line Saturday night, eight p.m. Oh yeah. And we we got ourselves quite the crowd, you know, and it was fun to to kind of then promote and put on the uh, the foot race. And you were um, one of the last first round people to go. And I can't remember who you went against. I think you were supposed to go against Tony Keepers, but he didn't show up. So I think we grabbed. I went against fan number three was what the bracket said. Fan three. Yeah. Yeah. You went against fan number three. Can't remember who it was. I think we pulled some, yeah, some Joe Schmo (laughs) from the, uh, from the crowd. And it was definitely a pro versus Joe moment. And, uh, you, I, what, I think you lost that, that rock, paper, scissors, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, I lost the first two rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> and uh, I came out running, man. I was moving down that hill the first time. Um, I had, like, I bought compression shorts. <laughs> I had running shorts. <laughs> I had fancy running shoes. That I switched for my boots once I realized how muddy it was. And I did, like, a full track warm-up in my pit. And I was wearing sweat. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was ready to come out of the gate, you know? And so I lost that rock, paper, scissors. I was like, oh man, this is not, not good. I need to run super hard. So I blitzed down the the mud, came around to the table and I could barely drink the beer because I was breathing so hard. (laughs) And, uh, and what it really came down to almost every single round was drinking quickly and nailing the flip cup. And then that first round I sprinted back up and and it went really well, but I almost passed out like first round and I knew that was not good. I was lightheaded. I was dizzy. I was like, okay, I need to pace myself for sure. If we're going to go the distance. You know, that, that makes me feel good because a seasoned athlete like yourself, you know, so in fit that, that when I got to the top of the hill, I felt like I could take on the world still. Like, I mean, you were a little faster than me, but. Um, I still got up to the hill and I was like, ah, and then Jeffrey cheated, but it, I mean, it was, it was, it was whatever, but, you know, so, so you get onto the, you get onto the second round and I think you took on a guy named, uh, I think a guy named Matt, somebody actually completed the, uh, the, um, bracket for me. So like a majority of the names that are here, I think you went again against a guy named Matt 
again, lost the rock, paper, scissors to him. Still won. Um, and then I, I believe this was a rematch, right? From Duel of Champions. Didn't you uh, take on Kyle Kleiman? No, at- I actually took on Beat at the Duel of Champions. Oh, okay. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> so, so you got a, you got a Pro 2 driver. Uh, so, what what yeah. were you thinking then? Like up, up, up there doing rock, paper, scissors where you're like, you know what? This You're from here, but. I'll show you who's daddy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's my track. <laughs> That's the thing. Everybody said, like, you know, those guys up in, in the Midwest, they drink a lot, you know, and he's the hometown guy. And so I'm like, okay, you know, um, I need to show that that I can compete in all levels, all aspects <laughs> of this event. And, uh, and, you know, California, we go to uh, this thing called the Colorado River and um, Lake Havasu. And uh, we do a little bit of drinking ourselves from time to time. And uh, and my awesome wife Taylor's family is is super super competitive as well. And so we've uh, we've done a, our fair share of flip cup, and they've trained me well uh, <laughs> since I've become a part of their family. And uh, it really paid dividends in that race. I think that was even more than the running, the rock paper scissors. I think the drinking of flip cup was key to uh, to getting through that thing quick. And then you you got by Mr. Kleiman, and uh, it was funny. Jeffrey said this, or, or I think it was Jeffrey or Lyle, one of them. But on one side of the bracket, you had Jesse Greaves <laughs> and Isaac Daniels, just two small, skinny dudes. And then on the other side of the bracket, the last two, it was you and Caleb, oh, which yeah. you and Caleb are both, you know, tall, pretty stocky fit dudes. <laughs> like you are... You know, yeah, you don't look like me. He said, <laughs> he said to, beforehand, he's like, oh, man, it's good to see someone else representing the big guy. And I was like, speak for yourself, dude. But <laughs> He's like, I wear a large, bro. <laughs> These are mediums. I don't know what you're wearing, Caleb, Mr. XL. <laughs> but funny. yeah, and then and then you took on Caleb. Were you uh, <laughs> were you there when uh, him and him and Jared Brooks? Oh yeah. Uh, raised oh, yeah. That was dirty. That was, they got down. That was Caleb ripped his shirt or Jarrett ripped his shirt. Yeah. Um, like crazy. That was, that was pretty dang funny. Um, I like the bracket cell format, like the fact that you did that cause it extended everything and made it more and more competitive every time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and their race was, was fantastic. Um, they were biting and scratching each other all the way. To finish. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was wild. I, I did feel bad for, uh, Another pro two driver, Corey Winter. He come around that corner, man. Oh, first <laughs> and place. He took he took a spill, dude, into the into the the little the not little puddle, but basically a pond that yeah. was down there. And he hit hard, and the guy he was racing against just kind of just ran the just berm around by. him. And that was so brutal, man. I, f- I felt so bad for him. But Jeffrey said, was it when he went back to his pit, he was still in the clothes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I dropped you guys back off, and I went back to go pick up Casey. And the kid was just so sad, just sitting there in his fucking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had a shitty Pro 2 race, yeah. and then he falls oh. in the mud. <laughs> I mean, what? That was like an hour, hour and a half after the race was done, yeah. and he was just sitting in his chair him and his girlfriend and I walk up, I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> like, is everything okay? Like, I understand that you had a bad day, but come on now. <laughs> I was like, you got to drink beer and run and lose in the first round. <laughs> some, some of us have been there. <laughs> so, hey, so you get hey, by Caleb. Hey, how was and, that? Uh, 
So anyways, you get by Caleb. <laughs> were you worried at all that he might he might try to get a little dirty with you? I mean, I know it was already a muddy race, but were you were you worried that he's gonna pull some Caleb shit? Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what happened there, you know, especially after he had that run in with Jarrett. So but they were both going at it in that case. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but uh, you know, this race, the way you formatted it was was good with the amount of running and the drinking and stuff like that, but that mud was what really played a crazy yeah, factor yep. for everybody. Um, because you couldn't push too hard or you'd slip or twist a knee. It was funny. Mickey Thomas's dad was like, not stoked that Mickey was running. (laughs) You guys are going to hurt yourselves. He's like, you guys are idiots. And, uh, and you know, it was a real concern that mud, you know, and and pushing hard and, and getting a little buzz going. Yeah. So then you make it to the finals and, um, and I kind of had that too, like even coming into semifinals, like, you know, a lot of you guys, you, you four guys were, winded understandably tired yeah winded because like you said the mud it was just, it was so brutal and that and that uphill was a little bit more steep than i uh than i anticipated because that that one down i was like oh man if it's like that on the other side that's not bad and then when i went out and ran i was huffing and puffing and i was like this this might be it like i'm i might be seeing no, some relatives i haven't seen in years so. <laughs> face down in that puddle (laughs) (laughs) and uh and yeah man so come final time you know you and jesse understandably were very winded and and again we i still wanted you guys to to have fun and and still compete and and push so so we we ran uh we ran uh just kind of like an exhibition and it was uh just we we wanted just two people from the crowd and then somebody suggested like, Oh dude, like do girls want to go? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So we, so we selected two girls and man, that dude, that got heated um, <laughs> with the rock, paper, scissors. Cause they did the rock, paper, scissors. And the one, or the, one of them did win. Mm-hmm. And I started the timer and the one that the one that won, like started doing the rock, paper, scissors again. And I'm like, Oh, like, Oh, did I, <laughs> yeah. did I not see that? Right. So I was like, oh, okay. So I like hit stop and I restarted. And then the other girl won and she took off and they were like, well, wait a minute. Like this one won. Yeah. Why is she going? And then, so then we had to like do it over again. I had to and turn around. Girl, and, yeah. I turned around and asked like the crowd. I was like, you saw what I saw, right? The girl won. I asked Tiana. I was like, Tiana, I was like, you saw who won. <laughs> And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I know I'm half a beer in, but I'm pretty sure I saw <laughs> half, a, half a beer. <laughs> I was pretty just sure I saw her win, and, yeah. and then she kept going. I was, I was glad with all this controversy because it let me catch my catch my breath yeah. just a bit more. His vision was <laughs> yeah. going in and out. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesse was so. about to puke. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, go throw I told up? him too. I was like, "Hey, man!" I was like, "You can go. Pu- There's no rules against puking. You can puke all you want." <laughs> so that I knew helped because you guys decided to do two half beers with two flip cups. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you said that, he just like he was yeah. not stoked to hear that because he's like, "I can't drink anymore. I'm gonna throw up." And he was <laughs> he was like not happy. So I was like, "Okay." I was feeling in a similar fashion, uh, totally winded and wiped out. But then you announced the purse like at the very last second and i realized okay i could actually win some money here um and i perked up quick i can can suffer for a little bit longer and uh and try and pull this off and go as hard as i could because you know that 501 dollars was was, uh pretty you know it it sounded pretty good at that moment so i I made it happen yeah dude and and you know and that was kind of what i wanted to i saw how, how tired you guys were so i was like all right you know reminder 
here, you know, here's the purse, here's the trophy. And, and yeah, you know, you guys took off and I didn't even get to see anything that was going on down there. Just, it was so hard to see with, with the crowd and, and whatnot and the angle. And all of a sudden it was like, boom, boom. Oh yeah. oh yeah, we couldn't see either. He blew those things in our faces. <laughs> we're trying to trying to breathe and drink, and that doesn't really go too, too well together. And uh, and I was choking on my beer, and so was that other dude. And then you nuked his face with that blue <laughs> thing. Like we weren't expecting that, but you got him like pretty hard. I actually have that stuff on my hat. Yeah, all these grenade stuff was. And uh, so that was pretty. I mean, it was just kind of surreal, like that whole moment. Like now we're blind, and now we're chugging. And I can't. And, uh, but I just stuck to the plan, like just get through it, you know. Five hundred to one dollars is waiting yeah. for me out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and my ninja and, warrior shit. Yeah, exactly. And Taylor told me I will be so proud of you if you win this event. Uh, so she, she like put some pressure on me, and uh, you know I gotta make Taylor proud. So. I'll be so but, proud of you. Yeah. Uh, I dude, and and again, like like I I. I was so stoked to, to, to see like the anticipation, the, the suspense for me of that turn. Cause again, I have no idea what's going on down there and I'm just looking and waiting to see who's going to be the first one around the corner. And then I see it, man, Davey Mason jr. <laughs> around the corner. And I was like, I was like, yeah, dude, I was so stoked because again, like, it like it was all sentimental to me. I think about ERX, man. I thought about the invert this weekend. I was like, he needs it. He needs it. I just see you got your head down. You're running up the hill, dude. Some Rocky Montage moment stuff. And I was like, he's got it. He's got the eye of the tiger. And you get through and you do your you do your dive into the mud and you do a wonderful mud angel, dude. What was that like? That felt really good. It felt really good to lay in the mud. And not have to like be running or drinking or standing up or anything. So like I was doing the mud angel for you know dramatic effect, but it also was like, okay, I need to just lay down for a minute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm really winded, guys. <laughs> yeah. And the mud was cold, so it kind of cooled me down. I was like, you know, hot and sweaty. So it was perfect. Everything worked out good. Um, and I really appreciate you guys putting that on because it was it was super fun. Mm -hmm. It was a good time. Um, I didn't know it would happen, you know, it's, with that. Uh, BS rock, paper, scissors thing. So, uh, you know, I didn't want to get eliminated in the first round. Um, and yeah. so I took it seriously. And uh, I think I'm ready for the next one. You know, whatever you guys set up. Yeah, we got to still make you a check so you can hang it up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big hardware check. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. We were kind That's of discussing right. what to do for the next one. If we were going to do the next one, do another one. Yeah, we thought about maybe. Um and, and, and again, like we, we don't know if we're going to keep doing it or if we're going to retire it for the year. Um, just because, I mean, we, <laughs> I guess Jeffrey, uh, shelled out, uh, $1,001 so far this year for a fucking football. <laughs> <laughs> None of our teammates won. Yeah. Yeah. We, thought, yeah. we thought we'd be getting it back, yeah. but we lost it both times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had opportunities to get it back and we squandered them. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, we, we put out more money than there are miles in Baja. So, I mean, I, if, if somebody out there wants to help contribute and, and maybe if somebody at Crandon or whatever it may be, I mean, we do have an idea for Crandon, but again, at the same time, it's like you were kind of just doing money for a foot yeah. race. Well, you, fun you, could have, you, know, people, you could have an entry fee. You think uh, people would yeah. pay? Yeah, I'd, well, I mean, I got that five hundred dollars, so yeah, yeah. I pay a little back. Yeah. <laughs> I pay a little bit. Yeah, 
Uh, I'd put a little bit back in and then, you know, you'd have a pot and then help pay for the beer, you know, all these mm-hmm. expenses add up. Mm-hmm. So, um, I didn't even think about like the expenses we spent on it. Yeah. I was just thinking of the money we gave away. I didn't think we bought the beer and, and yeah. the trophies. Yeah, the trophies and, and the and those crazy smoke grenades yeah. you blast yeah. in our didn't faces. Didn't even think about that part. Yeah. Oh, it all adds man. up. Yeah, no, and and I think um, you know, it'd be cool, like you said, maybe maybe an entry fee if, if everyone's on board. Um, where we would do maybe like a, a, a team relay race kind of thing. We we don't know like That's specifics. What we I know right. people yeah. we had should, ideas. Well, some, some hurdles, I think. <laughs> some hurdles. <laughs> like some K rails. <laughs> some K rails. Or like a real mud bog, like a crazy. Just make it like a Spartan race. <laughs> oh yeah. Just like a pit and just yeah, run right that, into that, it. That's what that's what Haley suggested. Mm-hmm. Was like some type of Spartan mud run type. There you go. Obstacle. Put race. some crocodiles in there. Yeah, <laughs> there bears, we go. Yeah. Kids with paintball guns. Oh yeah. <laughs> Real gnarly. This actually isn't sounding very funny. Yeah, yeah. You gotta like tape, tape like a salmon to your back, and then like eagles are flying over. Release the bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honey and salmon. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This round is Dave Mason Jr. and a bear. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. You yeah. have to win. Yeah. Why are you guy. giving me boxing gloves? Don't worry about it. This is just the first round. Yeah. <laughs> and bear spray. Uh, <laughs> but but no, it's crazy what this foot race has actually be you know became in two races. Like it was just a, yeah, it was just a a thought of redemption for Tito. Have you seen Tito's videos? His motivational videos? Have you? No, I gotta check that out. You you seen them? Yeah. Is it Rocky style? Like- <laughs> oh, oh yeah. you gotta watch both of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he made one before Lino, and he made Perfect. one before. Uh, Mark River. Well, we got a little more time to train, so this one's three weeks in between. You, events, you might have to go so. with Dave Mason and train. You might have to come up yeah. a little earlier. <laughs> yeah, get some shorts, yeah. Yeah. some crushing shorts, get yep. some running shoes. Yeah, but There's it's some not cameos just of like past winners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to think about the drinking and the flip cup, and it's a total package. You know, yeah, it's not just the running. You have to think about all aspects. That's yeah. all he's worried about is the running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I almost, uh, you know, almost, almost blew up my leg there. Um, and the in the first round, oh, I guess in the only round. <laughs> <laughs> so no, dude, I lost the rock paper scissors. So Jeffrey takes off, and I'm waiting. It's like you know, in five seconds, hits, and I and I take off, and I'm running. I get down the hill, and I put my foot out, and I gotta stop fucking doing this because I put my foot out like a lot longer than I should have. I started to get like into a good stride. Well, when I put my foot out, my heel dug in and it slipped and it like pushed my leg down. And I was like, oh shit. And I kind of like had to compensate and I put my other left foot down and I felt my right hamstring tighten up a little bit. I was like, no, not again, man. (laughs) I've been training hamstrings too, dude. Like I've been stretching out, (laughs) running and whatnot, but it's just, it's, you get to that stretch out where it's just like, you know, you're you're 32 and overweight. You can't be doing this shit no more. Tito. (laughs) Well, maybe you should do one where you like eat some cake in the middle of the race as well. Like, I don't know if that would help, um, but I'd be down for that because, you know, I could, whatever it is, you know, maybe like some crazy two pound hamburger or something. Yeah. Like you could, you could integrate all kinds yeah. of aspects to this. That's how serious you will tell them like it's a food challenge and you're just gonna see nothing on Instagram from Dave, like I gotta get ready. $502 on the line. Yeah. <laughs> Drink beer, eat burgers. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, what? Your diet's terrible. No, I'm training. Yeah. You don't training. Get it. yeah. yeah. 
He's like checking into like buffets like every other day. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Mason eating well. He's just. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's one thing. Living up here in Wisconsin has been totally different from back home because we're up in kind of the Northwoods there mm-hmm. up in Leona near Crandon. And all the restaurants, first of all, close at eight. Yep. Um, and they're not yep. all open every day. So you have to kind of plan accordingly. And it's all fried food and burgers and chicken. Like mm-hmm. there's, there are not a lot of like mm-hmm. variety restaurants or anything like that around here. So we, we learned the hard way. Like if it wasn't pizza, burgers or fried, fried cheese curds, which we love the yeah. cheese curds up here. They're awesome, but you don't want to eat them every single day. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's been, it's been pretty cool living up here and, uh, and meeting some people just like you guys. Uh, I didn't really realize you were in my neighbors now, so mm-hmm. we'll have to party sometime. I don't know where mm-hmm. you are, Tito. You're probably I'm I'm over probably. in uh, Minneapolis. Oh. So I I I live uh my parents live in Mole Lake and uh went to high school at Crandon and and me and Keegan graduated together. We're really good friends. So that's that's kind of where Why do you always I'm, say I'm that? from and then What'd you say? Why do you always bring that in there? Because he is. I, I love Keegan. Yeah, but I mean, he's got to put it in. He just throws that in there. Like, he, no. could just went, he could just go like, I, just, I went to Crandon. A lot of people say that about Keegan. Like, you go to the bar and be like, oh, you race? Oh, I'm friends with Keegan. Like, everybody's friends See? or went to high school with Keegan. They're he's like, my best friend. He's my buddy. Yeah, I, I, I work on his team. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. He's, no. uh, he's well known around here. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck that guy. Oh, yeah, fuck he's a big old crybaby, cry whatever. So, <laughs> but no, I, uh, I I was from there, uh, went to college, and then I moved down uh, to Milwaukee, and then uh, moved here to Minneapolis with uh, my ex at the time. She got a job as a, a Delta flight attendant. Was she your ex? And then, at uh, the time, and then she or? broke my heart, and then, uh, and then oh. she moved to Salt Lake City, and then, then I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so actually that was going to be one of my uh one of my questions i i, I don't know you know i i know we're uh running long on time here but uh it was just kind of like do you have any uh do you have any good marriage tips for somebody like me and jeffrey i'd say i, I, say, I have a problem don't look at me <laughs> uh, just find somebody who is uh is pretty like-minded um you know Taylor and I, we have a great relationship, um, and she's, like, totally invested in off-road. Her dad raced Pro 4. She, uh, he bought Kyle LaDuke's truck back in, like, 2018 after he won the championship. And then, so he started racing Pro 4 for a season, and that's Carlson's truck now. And uh, so we met through racing because I was racing against him way back in Pro Buggy days. And uh, kind of, you know, Taylor and I were acquainted with each other, but we lost touch. And then as soon as he got into pro four, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I got to ask her what's going on here. Like he bought Kyle semi truck, everything. And, uh, and so it was, it was a good match. Like she's totally into the racing. She's out here with me all summer and, uh, and she's, she's all about all this stuff. And that's the only way it could be, you know, if she wanted Mm -hmm. to, you know, not, not be out here and live in the woods, uh, you know, with with a dirty race car driver, that would, uh, that would not work out. So definitely. You know, common interests um, are super important, and uh, so you just got to find someone who's like, who's pretty chill and uh, and just likes to have fun. If you don't mind me asking, like, who who is your uh, who's your wife's dad? Uh, Randy Manier. Yeah, he's oh. the Milwaukee truck. He wrecked super hard at Wheatland. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. insanely hard. Yeah. It's like as soon as he said the wreck, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. So he um, definitely got famous for that, but he did super well. Like that mm-hmm. class and that truck and everything is really hard to learn with. 
and uh, he got third in the cup race at the Lucas Cup mm-hmm. that year. And uh, and he actually he diced it up with McCacker down in Baja <laughs> at that Astero Beach race. I don't yeah. know if you guys ever saw that one. They had one. They had a short course race in Mexico in Ensenada uh, that the Ampudias had put on, and uh, it was it was pretty cool back then. Lucas was was pretty cool for yeah. a while, and then. It, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know if you noticed, but for the first time through this whole podcast, when you're giving relationship advice, they were both yeah, I was just like, really looking at you now. <laughs> they really need it right now. I feel like I feel like you know you're you're kinda you're winning at that. <laughs> we're, not. <laughs> we're not winning right now. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we just, yeah no, we, okay. We, so yeah, similar interest. So I'm looking for yeah. just a complete unhinged psycho who's just you know, into some wild shit. <laughs> Plenty of those out there. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Taylor and I, uh, we actually just got married right before the race season. Um, oh, of this year? Yeah, this year in May. <laughs> oh, well, shoot. Um, congrats, man. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. Oh, I congratulations. Yeah, we had to plan the wedding around the race season mm-hmm. because I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been to California since June. You know, we've been out here. So um, it was a big push. We got engaged in December in Mexico. Mm-hmm. I did a dirt bike race down there and then totally surprised her on the beach, uh, you know, get, uh, proposing to her. And then after that, it was like, okay, you know, do you want to get married, you know, after the race <laughs> season and later in the year? I'm like, nah, I don't really want to get married in winter or anything no. like that. Like, I want to get married in spring. She's like, oh, in 2023, that's kind of, you know, it's a fairly long engagement. I'm like, no, you know, right away. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and so we planned a, or she planned a 200 person wedding Damn. In, Jesus, uh, you know, Damn. with her mom and everything. And it turned out awesome. But, uh, you know, Taylor comes from a super competitive family too. And, and they're competitive in business and racing and, and everything. So and wedding planning and wedding. Planning. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Competitive. It was that. <laughs> it was you don't think I can plan it this quick? Watch. <laughs> yeah. Watch. Oh yeah. Not only was it quick, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was super cool. Here's a question about relationship for Tito, I guess. Um, what was your opening line? Like, how'd you rope her in? Tito's got some one-liners, but we want to hear yours. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it was. I kind of, so the way it worked out, I slid in her DMs right, um, on right. Instagram because she was posting like all this crazy stuff. Like we're going pro four racing. Like her dad hadn't raced in a couple of years. Yeah. And so all of a sudden he bought Kyle's pro four. Like nobody does that, you know, like it just comes off the couch and just gets jumps up from pro buggy to the craziest, highest class. And so I was curious. I was like genuinely curious. Oh, what's what's going on with this? Like, that's pretty exciting. And uh, she happened to be home from college. She went to ASU and it was like Christmas time. And uh, I hit her up like I wish her happy, uh, Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then and then so, you know, that's kind of a positive thing. And then <laughs> so she responded and she happened to be in town. So I asked her out and uh, she actually didn't really know it was a date. I was kind of <laughs> hoping to apply that. But I was like, oh, let's go. Let's go get some pizza and beer. She's like, oh, those are two of my favorite things. Yeah. So I knew, you know, that was a good sign. And then uh, and then I got there to her house um, at her parents' house. And uh, she wasn't really like dressed up like a date. She had recently had mm-hmm. a shoulder surgery because she played mm-hmm. water polo and had an injury at ASU. Um, and so she wasn't, you know, feeling like total chipper. So she didn't want to, you know, dress up all fancy. And then I got there and her dad was like, telling her mom like this is a date like she needs to dress up more um because you know he i was like you know i had my shirt tucked in i yeah. brought flowers and stuff like that and i'm like i didn't say it was a date but you know i was hoping to make it a date and so it was just that's uh that's how it started and then you know from there yeah. you know we've had a great relationship since um like what four and a half years ago we started dating 
Um, but yeah, so sign the DM is always good. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the common interest thing. You know, you got to just like play it cool. Like, okay, like, mm-hmm. oh, what's your, your dad doing with that truck or whatever? <laughs> um, you know, don't, don't just like go s- just straight in. Like, you know, do you want to. <laughs> I think that's where you mess up too, though. Like, <laughs> you can't be like too, too strong right off the bat. You just got to like keep it chill and just kind of. No, not say it's a date just like say oh let's hang <laughs> yeah. out and then all yeah, of a sudden yeah. just swoop in okay so it works out gotcha so so don't start with hey trying to get folded like a lawn chair like that's <laughs> that's that's too far i don't know she's here i don't know i could ask her if that would have worked on her i don't <laughs> you didn't hear what he said oh yeah she can't no, hear it too oh uh, uh, yeah so I don't think. Can you, can you hear? Him? I'm not going to repeat that. All right, we'll, we'll be quiet. Go ahead and say it one more time. All right. So, like, what? How I open with is uh, like the first thing I'll say is you try to get folded like a lawn chair. Would that have worked? Um, probably not. Uh, no, she is a classy lady, so that would not have worked. My, my, my pickup line list is now down to zero, so I, <laughs> I got to rewrite this yeah. list now. Uh, you just yeah, gotta, I guess I got to, yeah, rewrite this list. Tell them the last uh, line you used in the chiropractor. Okay, so I matched with this chiropractor on Hinge, and I knew she was a chiropractor. <clears throat> Obviously, it says it, but uh, I was like, hey, what's a chiropractor's favorite drug? And she goes, I don't know, vitamins? And I was like, crack. I was like, hi, I'm Tito Levine. Pleasure meeting you. <laughs> that would be convenient to date a chiropractor. Like, as a racer, I yeah. see a chiropractor at least once a week, uh, and my neck's all jacked up. So good luck with that. I don't think it worked based on your nope. reaction yep. there. But, nope. uh, yeah. Nope. Listen yep. to the nope. last podcast. You'll know how oh, it works. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Last podcast explains a lot. And uh, you're going to listen and you're going to be like, oh. Oh. That's rough. It's a good thing he passed. Yeah. <laughs> like passed oh. on from her, not not like you oh. know, passed on the thing. So uh, uh, two questions left. Uh Mr. Mason. Um, you can answer this if you want. <laughs> How old are you? You I, I think you're about our age, right? Twenty eight. I don't know your age. I just turned twenty nine. Oh. Okay. You're a yeah. young pup. Yeah, you're younger than all of us. I'm thirty four. I'm thirty one. I'm thirty two. Okay, so we're close. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I was just gonna kind of do about like uh, like nineties nostalgia stuff. Um, again, you're only so what you were born in what ninety three? Yeah, ninety three. Okay, so like, um, what did you prefer more, like uh, like uh, a Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon. Which which shows on Nickelodeon though? <laughs> Um, so when I was really little, it was like uh, like Angry Beavers and Hey Arnold. Rock and then. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it was like as soon as SpongeBob came out, it was like complete obsession. Um I hate to admit. Um, you know, I know every episode. So um, but yeah, those are those are my favorites. I the, there is no uh, SpongeBob shaming here, dude. I am I love SpongeBob. It made me giggle. And and then even as you watch it older, there are jokes in there that you're like, Jesus. Like, I don't know if that should be uh Band Geeks, though, I think is the best SpongeBob episode of all time. Oh yeah. Best mm-hmm. uh best song in an episode yes. for sure. Yes. 
Oh, 100%. I, I was seeing so, that yesterday after I, or on Saturday after I won the, <laughs> the first. <laughs> went home and jammed out to oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> the winner takes all. It's the thrill of one more kill. And that's one to fall. <laughs> so, Rocket Power. That's how I got my nickname. Uh, Tito was from Rocket oh, Power. Because yeah. You, yeah, you kind of Somebody like thought I, I looked Hawaiian, so. No, don't see it. It's a little racist, but it's like, whatever. <laughs> it's a little racist, but we'll, we'll go back. I, yeah, I grew up in Crandon. Yeah. 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 My nickname was Beaner. I mean, whatever. So <laughs> It was too. It was, that was. That was my nickname growing up in high school is Beaner. I mean, that was before I kind of realized that that was not a cool name to go out in the world with. So, yeah. So, I mean, even now it sounds weird because Keegan's kid, he's like 10. He still calls him Beaner. So, you just hear him just, just yelling Beaner all the time to him. <laughs> And then we like, kind of had to venture away from that nickname. Like me and Chaz were in Milwaukee. We're at this like flea market. And there's a lot of people that work there that are from south of the border. And uh, like I, I went walking away. Chaz turns and looks Shout at out. me. Sure. He goes, Beater, really loud. And I turn around and I look at him. And then like five other like dudes that kind of like turned and looked at him. Like, like what? Like, what do you want? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, man. I was like, I was like, all right, bro. I was like, yes, they're calling me Tito. I was like, we can't be rocking that nickname anymore. <laughs> but, uh, so the last question I have then, I think I might've asked you this already, but I kind of want it on record. And, uh, what do you prefer in and out or Culver's? Well, shoot, I haven't been home since June. So I'd say in and out at the moment. Um, but I do love Culver's. Um, mm. I like the everything they have, the butter burgers, mm-hmm. the cheese curds. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm totally down with that, but I'm a little bit tired of them just at the moment because <laughs> I've been eating it like, you know, yeah. pretty dang frequently. And you said there's nothing but fried food up here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I think you should do is I think you should eat an In-N-Out burger before a Pro 2 race. Because from, from what I've seen is that it, that it gets you Pro 2 wins. Oh, yeah, it does. Culver's. Culver's burger. We uh, we fed Mr. Corey Winter a uh, Culver's burger at ERX, and he got his uh, got his first dub. Oh, no, second shoot. dub, second, second dub, second dub. Sorry, second dub. Shoot, good to know. We'll so bring we'll bring them. All right, we'll, bring we'll it test out. It, we'll test it I'll, out at Grand. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's funny because people like I ride dirt bikes a lot, and I'll yeah. go to. I have some buddies in Colorado right now. They do this ride that's a thousand miles. They do it every year. I've done it in the past, and like. I'll go ride with them and we'll go to lunch and they'll eat like some little salad or like some chicken noodle soup or something. And it's a, you know, we'll be riding for 12 hours all day. We'll do 250 miles and just yeah. grind it out. And I'll eat like a huge <laughs> burger and a bowl of chili and like just all this crazy food. And they're like, how can you ride a dirt bike after eating all that crazy food? And same thing with the races. Like people, um, they have like crazy, um, diets and stuff that they do at the track. Like they'll only, you know, eat vegetables or fruits or something like that. And it's like, it's same thing with desert. Like people have like these crazy rituals, but I feel like that throws your body out of whack. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't eat your normal diet, then um, it's not going to help. So like when I go to the races, Taylor Taylor always does all the cooking. So I'll be eating some like awesome ribs or a brat or like something (laughs) like totally heavy that you would think would be like not sitting Mm -hmm. well in your stomach. And uh, same thing with the dirt bikes. Like people are like, how can you eat that? And then just like even ride, you know? And, uh, I just kind of, it's just kind of what I do all the time. So I'm conditioned for it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's up, man. Like, uh, I guess uh, last question, uh, I guess I have then is how do you get like ready for like a race? Um, Because I know like whenever I played 
football or, or even when I would go do like stand up comedy is I like to listen to music and kind of get in like, um, like, like a mode of things. And there's certain songs that like, I like to listen to kind of get, gets me jazzed up. Um, I feel like that's something that I would do if I was back in staging just to kind of get ready. And it helps me <clears throat> kind of control those, those jitters and whatnot. Like, how do you get ready for a race? Cause you guys are back there just chilling. Like, dude, you're cool as a cucumber on, on, on Sunday when I saw you back there and we were kind of just joking around about like the foot race. Is that kind of what does it for you where you just kind of try to be a little loose. And then when you get into the truck, is it just, it, it was, is it just uh, like a, like Oscar moment where you got to get into character or so it's funny. What? Um, I've been racing for a super long time since I was 12 years old. So when I was in trophy carts, I had like crazy anxiety because you know, it's like all this preparation all the time spent and all the work to get there and all that. And it's like, you don't want to make a mistake. You want to, don't want to do something dumb. Your whole family's there. They want you to succeed. And so I would get like super anxious, but I've been racing for so long since then. And, uh, and doing like huge, like Baja 1000 desert races and stuff. And that's, you know, there's some pressure to that. And same thing with this. It's like, you get in that pro too, you could get seriously injured. You could wreck your $150,000 truck. Like things could not go great. Um, but I think just since the amount of time I've been at it, like it doesn't really phase me anymore. And it's funny because my team has talked about like how my laid back attitude, they think may be a little bit too, that might kind of play into my racing sometimes they're like when we get when you go qualifying we got to get you like pumped up they're like mm -hmm. you're so chill on the radio like we're just you know you're so mellow <laughs> like we want you kind of angry like we want you a little <laughs> bit pissed off and um it's so funny so like barlow he uh he worked with deegan and he said that he would always say like oh you know this guy was grabbing your wife's butt at the lot you know before the race to like get him pumped up and stuff and so they they try to like <laughs> prank me before the race or whatever but you know that stuff it doesn't work for me like i, I always just kind of it's tough because like i i don't have like a bunch of anger or like frustration in me or anything um but i have found like at erx um i don't remember something was bugging me with the truck or whatever i had like a terrible practice and same thing with bark river honestly like I was in the back um, with this other truck and he was holding me back the entire time. And so after practice, I was like, damn, that was BS. Like, um, you know, I was kind of frustrated. So I definitely do find that when I get in the truck, if I'm like a little bit heated up, like a little fired up, um, I do push a little bit harder and, uh, and that kind of helps me. But generally I don't really have like a crazy routine or anything. I just come into the truck and I'm like, totally, totally chill. And, and like, like you said, the accountant, uh, mindset. I just come in like totally calculated and I'm just thinking about like, okay, I'm going to execute on turn one. And then from there, I'm going to get through that. And how am I going to, you know, go, go work my way up from there. So that's kind of how I do it. I, I don't have any like nerves or, or jitters generally before I get in the truck, which is, is good because it can, it can be really distracting if you're anxious. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think at Crandon, um, when I'm back, there are certain GoPros. I'm just going to start shouting, towards your direction. I'm just going to be like, underdog. I belong here. Yeah. 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 I got to prove you wrong. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, like be... they delay the race. It's like, Oh, what's going on? Oh, Dave Mason beat the piss out of Tito. Like, <laughs> got out of his truck, man. I slammed right in the mud, spit on him. It was wild. <laughs> no, that's in the next race. In the next foot race. But I'm not an underdog in the foot race, apparently. No, nope. no, dude. Apparently, we're just picking like the right kind of 
athletes, man, that are just dominating these foot races like Cheney and Dave Mason over here, Mr. Track Hurdle Flip Cup <laughs> Superstar. It's all aspects. Like I said, like I'm not in the shape I was 10 years ago when I graduated from high school, but you know, I did nail the drinking in the flip cup part, which was key every time. I wasn't the best at, at uh, rock, paper, scissors though. Like I, I sucked the first couple ones and yeah. that, that definitely was a huge disadvantage. Um, I thought that rule, like the inversion rule in but it made things interesting. Was, was the five seconds too much? I mean, I won my first two rounds with, with that, so you can't overcome it, but it just depends on whatever competitor you have, you know, each time, um, mm -hmm. you know, if they yeah. nailed a flip cup for the first time, like some people were flipping those cups forever, mm -hmm. they couldn't do it. Um, and so, you know, it doesn't matter the advantage you have there with the, with the rock, paper, scissors, but it, it I think it was a little bit better when you cut it down to three or two seconds yep. a little bit later on. So. Told you. Okay, cool. Told you. Alrighty, man. I, I don't have any more questions. I don't know if you gentlemen do or not, mm -hmm. but otherwise, no, man, I, I have no more questions. Um, man, Dave Mason, dude, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Is, is he going to stay with us for are Ultra? You, you want to stay? Or are we going to let him uh, yeah, I don't on know. his what's, way? What's the agenda look like there? Uh, uh, we'll probably end up calling oh, Johnny. Gonna call Hol Holter? Yeah, we're yeah. going to call Holter, talk about his weekend too. Right. Yeah, if you want to. Uh, no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, well, we we got into a little bit on the track. Maybe you can ask you? him about that. Yeah, okay. yeah. We were just battling hard at the end of the race. Sunday, um, yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. What do you want us to ask him? Um, uh, we'll say hypothetically. We'll say hypothetically. Someone <laughs> wants us to ask you this. Yeah. <laughs> if you, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how he felt about that. It, sound, it seemed like he. I watched his pro light race, um, and and that didn't go so well on Sunday. So he was probably pretty upset but uh you know in the pro two race everybody's bumping and banging we're just mm -hmm. everybody's trying to ca crawl their way to the front so um at the end of the day you know i, I definitely didn't mean any uh harm on him but uh <laughs> we did get into it a little bit on the track so you know hopefully hopefully yeah. he's not too pissed but we'll see yeah all right all righty man the, yeah good good thing we asked because we'd be like oh yeah. johnny holcher and then you hear dave mace which fuck problem bro yeah. <laughs> just because your yeah. at doesn't mean i won't kick your ass yeah. <laughs> hey, wait till cranon boy yeah. yeah well i i, I would congratulate him on saturday yeah. i mean he mm -hmm. he definitely did a super job there that was awesome yeah. um yeah. in his first race so um a lot of respect there um you know i respect everybody in the class you yep. know it's hard, like I said, to have friends in your own class mm -hmm. um, when you're battling door to door. Like stuff just happens, oh, yeah. and it's bound to. And and uh, you know, there's when everybody takes the gloves off, that's it, it's hard to be friends. So um, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> he's like, good luck, yeah, good luck, everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Alrighty, man, Mr. Mason, dude, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day to come all the way to the to the studio and uh, and chat with us and talk about the weekend and. Definitely a really good conversation. It's really good to, um, again, kind of get to know drivers that we don't necessarily know, like on that level. And, and you're definitely a really cool, chill dude. And, and we definitely look forward to seeing you, you know, at Crandon and just other future races that we can talk and, and BS about. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, you guys are awesome. So it's good to get to know you guys. I'm glad you did that mm -hmm. foot race. Um, you definitely tailored it perfectly to my abilities <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I could perform at my highest level all the way around and uh, we'll be ready for the next one. Just let us know the format and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll train. All right. Yeah. All right. All righty. Thank you, commercial? sir. Yep. Applebee's, Apple, Applebee's commercial. 
Applebee's pee. commercial. Right, yeah, right. I got to pee. All right. Okay. <laughs> Applebee's Irresistibles are back. Now starting at $8.99. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. And we're back. And we're back, baby. Yeah. Hope you like them better than ever. Half apps? Half apps. Half apps. Half off apps? I think it's half apps. No, yeah, it got to be half off. I don't you know. know Applebee's I, used to have. All I know is that Lyle and I ate at a sketchy place in Michigan during snow cross season. And we had to go to eat at Applebee's after that. Mm-hmm. Because of two really, why was it sketchy? We didn't think it was sketchy. The two Caucasian people thought it was sketchy. Yeah. We grew up on oh. the res, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, we thought it was normal to smoke in in the building and have fights. And <laughs> yeah, fights <laughs> happening outside the door. Uh, it was normal of, that the oil tasted like it hadn't been changed in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. But not, but not our friends. Nope. Our yeah. friends were yeah. hating it. Let's go to Super Applebee's. Super picky. Yeah, let's go to Applebee's and then. Mood totally change after that. Mm-hmm. You know, Applebee's used to have really good uh, deals on their on their Long Islands. That was the whole reason I went there was for the Long Islands. I think they had like two dollar Long Islands, and for like ten bucks, dude, I'd be freaking uh, not sober. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Should uh, we get into it? Should we should we go right into our next guest? I mean, should Dave, we? Dave, we Dave, yeah, Dave, I, mean, I think we, we had, should. Uh, we we received some. On, uh, Dave Mason yeah. on for an hour and forty five minutes. Yeah, that was it. Was good. It was actually it didn't feel like an hour forty five. It didn't. That's why. No, it didn't at all. It was just really good flow, really good conversation, and got into our guests right away. We received some, uh, you know, some um, constructive cri- uh, criticism from our um, big brother as far as like layout <laughs> goes for our uh, for our podcast <laughs> and. I felt like we, you know, we, we, we took the criticism well and, uh, you know, we didn't let it get to us. We didn't take it personal and, you know, kind of get hurt by it at, at all. You know, it's, it's, it's just a few words that somebody brought up and we didn't, you know, take it to heart. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying it that way. And, and, you know, I think that's all you can ask for is yeah. just yeah. taking that constructive criticism and, and applying it applying it yeah. you know maybe just talking about it as a team and, and just assessing uh you know certain things and, and there's nothing nothing wrong with that i felt that we kind of did you know a, a more mm-hmm. good uh mature approach mm-hmm. so well we're, we're, we're trying this way you know we'll maybe save the banter for the uh for the end of the end of the episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so all right well i'll we'll call our next guest right here here we go. All righty. Let's call yeah. our next person. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, our next guest just got his cherry pop this past weekend. And let me tell you, Bark River is known to be popping cherries. Bark River is known to be the place where boys become men. The last person to accomplish what this young man has done was a Pro 4 driver of Andrew Carlson. This next guest has seat time in the UTV as well as the Pro Light class. You would swear this young town is from the Great Plains of Africa. Like the giraffe, this majestic creature cannot be missed. Tall and lanky, but now showing he can glide on the track like Chaz Michael Michaels on ice. Our next guest got his first Pro 2 win in his first ever Pro 2 race. We have the Nitro Rally cross-driving, the 2020 Pro Light champion, 
the elegant tower from Abrams, Wisconsin, the number 44 of Johnny Holcher. Hi, how's it going? What's going <laughs> on, dude? That just made my day. That was the funniest thing I ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just call him a giraffe? <laughs> Uh, he, he said, said very a- like, like, like he said, elegant on the plains of Africa. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I called, I called him the elegant tower. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on, man, dude, you're fresh off of a, uh, a good hot weekend from, uh, from Bark river, dude. Are you, are you sitting on cloud nine cloud 10? Yeah. I, I still can't even believe that it's real. It's just crazy, crazy moment. And it's still just hasn't set in yet but it's just awesome and couldn't ask for a, a better roller coaster weekend to say the least so i know we we have plenty to uh to go into you know with you but i mean let, let's let's get into right away with with bark river man you're you're sitting on you're sitting on pole on saturday you know were you pretty were you pretty stoked like dude i'm on i'm on pole here at bark river or were you like hey man i'm kind of shitting myself <laughs> Uh, I was kind of the second one. I've I've never been so scared in my life. And, like, just all the guys behind me that, like, I've been watching race since I've been a little kid, it's just, like, a pretty high-pressure moment. But I was just sitting there, like, the pro-light race before just didn't go my way. So I was just trying to chill out, calm down, get my head back in the right space, and just went out there and dropped the green, pulled a whole shot, and just never looked back and – like just try not to make mistakes. And then finally my spotter said, you're clear by 20, just bring it home and just still shocked that I even did that. So what were you thinking uh, throughout that first lap? Again, like you said, you, you, you got out to the lead, you know, what, what are you the kind of guy who prefers a lot of communication over the radio? Or are you the kind of person that just prefers like the short snippets? Like, like, Hey, on your outside, um, you know, Hey, you know, you're not clear yet. Are you somebody who likes, you know, like I said, a lot of communication, like, like what was kind of that communication in that first lap to kind of keep you in the lead? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of someone that like, likes a lot, like, all right, nice job, nice corner, whatever, but just, all right, you're good. You're clear. You're pulling away. Like it's just, I was doing everything perfect and it's just kind of, I think my spotter was more nervous than I was because usually he talks a lot and he was like quiet, (laughs) very short, very quiet. Like I think he was more shocked than I was. (laughs) So I know Mr. Holcher, you, you know, you you haven't had your uh, driver's license for a long time, but you know, when you get on those long drives and you kind of space out, um, did that ever happen uh, while you were in the lead where you're just kind of sitting there driving like, like again, just on a, on a Sunday drive on a Saturday? Did any of that kind of like happen at some point where you're just kind of going through the cemetery turn? Like, damn, this shit's easy. Like did that ever occur to you at all? Uh, not really at the start, but towards like the end when there was, there was like no pressure at all. Like I was just like, all right, just take it easy. Like, kind of just getting in my zone, just trying to bring it home. And yeah, just kind of spacing out, like going for a cruise. Just, it was, it's pretty nuts. You know, were you thinking too, like, damn, I thought these guys were supposed to be good. Like I could <laughs> run shots. <laughs> no, I was, I was actually hoping for somebody to pass me so I could try to learn something, but it never came. They were, instead they were learning from you. <laughs> yeah, they were. 
I mean, yeah, he's he's like he's like I'm letting up, guys. <laughs> home no one catches me. <laughs> yeah, home no one passes yeah. me, so I can learn. <laughs> <laughs> But no, man, like, uh, like you said, the guy, let, you know, your spotter lets you know you're ahead by, you know, a country mile, man. And and you did a fantastic job as far as driving goes. And what was funny is that I had rewatched, uh, I think, an episode of Young Guns and Andrew Carlson did the same thing on his on his first Pro 2 race, you know, kind of got out in the lead and just ran away from everybody. And um, it, again, crazy coincidence. I watched that and then I watched you out on Pola and, and I think I said something uh, uh, to Jeffrey, one of the guys like, man, wouldn't that be something if Johnny Holter just kind of went away with it? And you, and you did, um, in that last lap, you know, again, he's telling you by a lot. When did it kind of hit you? Like, Holy shit, I might win this. Is it when you crossed the finish line? Was it getting up to it or did it not like hit until you like got out? Uh, it, it never like the white flag. It was just like, all right, I'm going to baby it. And I finally like, right when I crossed the finish line, I just like, it hit me and I just like got so excited. I started pounding on the aluminum. It's like all the aluminum next to me. My best shifters all dented from me hitting it. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it, it sunk in right away. And after the podium, like I just walked back and all the fans and everybody were just like, good job and everything. It's just like soaking it all in was awesome. But it's funny you bring up the Andrew Carlson thing. Cause like that was the plan all winter to come out at Bark River like he did. And honestly, I just think it's the Dodge body because he had the Dodge body and everything too. So I think that's for, for some new guys coming into pro two start at Bark river and use a Dodge body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's exactly what it was. And, and that's, what's crazy. You see though, you're going to next year at Bark river. Cause do you know what happened to Andrew the next year when you went to Bark river? Didn't he go through the pond? No, oh, something like that. At, and he ended up like cartwheeling pretty hard. And oh, and his pro four. Oh yeah, that's was pro it, four. Yeah, that was pro four. I think in Sorry. pro two though, he ended up going through the pond. Yeah, I, I think he. Yeah, I think he like wadded up his pro two pretty good. So you know, maybe maybe don't show up. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just raise pro light that weekend, play it safe. Raise the pro light in the pro two race. There you go. You yeah, can always uh, exactly. counter it. <laughs> so yeah, man. So dude, you know, you got you got the dub on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you know, then you got placed. I think, geez, what was that invert? Like 10 again. And where did you end up starting then? Um on, on, on Sunday, where did you start? It was like eighth, right? Or sixth, something like that. Uh, it was seventh. I had the third fastest lap time on Saturday. So seventh place. And then you kind of then got a taste of, uh, of kind of pro two action, I guess, in that sense. I mean, obviously it's a lot different starting on pole and running away with it than starting in seventh. you know, what were kind of the things that you notice right off, right off the get go, as soon as they threw that green flag, of kind of tangling it up like in that pro two field because it's so stacked. Like, like what really stood out to you, I guess? Uh, well, drop of the green flag. It was still like just crazy that I was even there, but I was surprised I was keeping up with Jarrett and I started to realize that kind of missed the setup. I was kind of struggling for traction and then Keegan started putting a charge on up to the front. So he made a move on me and I got right back to him and cleared him. And then we made some contact and he got away from me. And then, um, 
kept racing. Uh, Mace, Dave Mason got by me. And then I tried to set him up and I over-rotated a little and he went over that tabletop right before the finish and landed on top of me. But it's definitely definitely a lot of beating and banging for sure. So do you think it's very comparable? I mean, first of all, <clears throat> that pro light race was insane. So it's <laughs> going to be tough to compare uh, a, a pro light battle and a pro two battle, you know, like what, what, what's the difference? Cause like you said, there's a lot of beating and banging. There's a lot of guys, you know, that'll, that'll put a move on you, but it's like, like a good professional move most of the time. Um, and then pro light, you know, it's definitely a lot of beating and banging, you know, what, what, what's the big difference between both of those? Um, I think pro two on like the good days, everybody like sets each other up and like runs clean in some races, but like definitely like it's, it's more professional and like all the guys in there, it's got a lot more notes from all the tracks on where to pass, where to do stuff and pro light. It's just like, it's all out. Like if there's a hole, like somebody's going to take it and they're going to blow your doors off. And oh, it's just pro light is crazy. Like, honestly, like it's just a smash fest. And like, even on Sunday, they said, all right, like the race control guys, they're like, all right, we got to get back to truck racing. No more demolition derby racing here. We're going to be strict today. And I think ever. Oh, hello. Oh, sorry. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think you guys lost me. <laughs> no, I think we're. Oh, we lost uh, Johnny there for a tad bit. Oh, yeah. So, I, so we heard demolition derby. They said they didn't want a demolition derby on, yeah, sa- on they, Sunday. They wanted us to go back to truck racing, not demolition derby. What did uh? <laughs> What did they say then after that pro light race? Did, did, were you, did you have any, any comms at all uh, as far as that goes? Cause I know you, know, you come off that jump and, and got a little sideways out of, out of sorts there, but uh, were you able to hear any sort of comms from race control after that pro light race? No, after, after I went around and got hit by the whole rest of the field, I, they drugged me off and I just unplugged my helmet walked up, went to the bathroom, got, got in the pro two and just like, tried to calm down after that one, but I can only imagine what they were saying. <laughs> well, did you watch uh, any of those replays yet at all or no? Uh, I did watch the one with wood. That was, that one was pretty crazy. The drone shot. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah with, those uh, two going at it. What do you think about that? Uh, do you think that uh, woods came into Hager? I think they both kind of like, came into each other and they met in the air. Like, I don't think either one could have done anything about it. Yeah. But it definitely spiced up the, it definitely spiced up the points, points battle for first and second, I guess. Oh yeah. And Trey being so close in third, it's, it's all going to come down to Crandon and it's, I'm excited to, to see what goes down, but I hope all the action happens behind me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think the the pro light championship i think kyle's ahead by one i think it's like 447 brock's 446 and i think trey gibbs is like 444 yeah it's it's something like that but it's tight and i think those two are going to be blowing each other's or those three are going to be blowing each other's doors off all weekend damn see we missed the wrong class again jeffrey (laughs) (laughs) 
no, but uh, dude, so again, you're pulling essentially, man, a, a triple duty uh, with with the UTV, the Pro Two, the Pro Light. You know what? What's the plan then for for Crandon? Are, are you going to be rocking all three? And then how do you kind of like mitigate all of that? I mean, again, you're only a, a, a child, basically. <laughs> and uh, how are you able to kind of wheel those things around? Well, this weekend I I left the UTV at home. And just to focus on the Pro 2 and Pro Light from just like kind of staying in the same driving style. But my dad's pretty persistent about getting that side-by-side out there. So I think, Crandon, I'm going to be rocking all three of them. So just lots of water and little breaks in between. But it's just like the difficult thing is going from two-wheel drive and then it's going to be four-wheel drive where you have those front tires pulling you out of the corner and then back to two-wheel drive. So it's going to take take that first lap to adapt and get back used to everything. But after that, I'll be good. And after the pro two race, I'll probably just want to go to bed. <laughs> uh, being in that, you know, now, now that you got a truck entry in pro two and, and, and you know, a, a pro two win, are you, are you kind of stoked and, and excited to kind of get your, uh, get your foot in the door in that pro two versus pro four race? Yeah. I mean, Right when we got that thing, that was the only thing I could think about is like, I finally get to be in the cup race. Like, so hopefully, hopefully I can throw down, throw down some good laps and see if I can give the pro fours a run for their money in that one. But just gotta, gotta make it to the cup race first before I can talk about being in it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, don't want to jinx anybody. I, I jinxed uh, Dave Mason twice. Uh, because he put down really good, uh, qualifying lap times. And I was like, Oh, wouldn't that be some shit if it was, there was like a 10 invert. Cause he had a really good, uh, qualifying time and sure shit that happened. So I'm not going <laughs> to put that out in the universe with you. Well, I think 10's, 10's my new lucky number after Keegan pulled a 10. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm a big fan guys. I think you should leave it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so dude, uh, at, at Crandon, um, oh shoot. What was I just, what was I just going to ask you? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fall Crandon. You know, you kind of have this, um, um, I don't want to say habit, but you know, two years ago, you kind of, you, you crushed my boys, uh, chances and hopes and dreams. And, and I guess I've always wanted to ask you like, why'd you do that? Well, I beat Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I was. I was nervous going into that one and uh, raced him in the first corner and he got the whole shot. And then I was like, all right, I got a fast truck. I'm just like going to try to learn. And this is for like all the berries here. So I was going to try to set them up. So after the first lap, they were like saying, all right, caution, caution. And me and Kyle going to turn one and he just bites it, smacks the wall. And I was like, had the biggest sigh of relief ever, but <laughs> I wish, like, still to this day, I wish that it came down to the wire where me and him could have threw down and had a really good battle. But some days that's racing and just stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, man, it was it was wild to watch to follow that story. And um, when I went back to um, edit that season, uh, the, the filming of Corey and Kyle, and I went back to ERX, I think your story was pretty incredible too. 
because you didn't even make the first fucking race. (laughs) You didn't make the first start at ERX round one. You jumped in like halfway through the race. Yeah, no, I was couldn't get the truck to clear ride height. And once I got out there, like I was like, I was so mad. Like I like wide open everywhere. And like towards the end of the race, I got up to like third and second because Kyle was just gone. And they come over race control. Don't pass for podium. Don't pass for podium. So I was just like so mad after that, like just wondering what it would have been like if I would have been out there from the start. But that definitely was just a crazy year all in all. So then, uh, you know, going, I guess, going from 2020 to 2021, um, you know, pro-light champion, I think then you started to dabble in uh, the the UTV class, right? I, I don't recall if you raced UTV as well in 2020. I did race uh, pro okay. stock in 2022. Okay. And, and then in 2021, again, you know, kind of the, the similar setup. Um, was it, was, is it kind of then tough? Like you said, to go from two wheels to four wheels. And then do you think that maybe played a little bit of a factor into, into the pro light, um, I guess championship defense and, or, or do you think it was just the field got so much bigger and it was just so many more different dudes and and just the season kind of didn't go the way you wanted. I think that the field got more stacked and I used all my luck up in, in 2020. I just couldn't catch a break in 2021, but pro stock, I, I did all right with, I came home with a couple podiums and, but pro light that year, I just could not, could not catch a break, came home with one third place all year. But I think just like the field getting stacked up and I just couldn't find anything, couldn't find any luck. So, but that just drives and motivates me to do a little better. And that's what I've been trying to do this year. How come, uh, how come you didn't rock the number one plate after, uh, after winning that, Pro Light Championship. Uh, I rocked it all winter. Uh, one of my sponsors owns a car dealership, so we let her sit in there with the number one plate on it just to show it off a little. <laughs> but I thought, I just thought that'd bring a little bit more bad luck than just the red did. Um, <laughs> but honestly, some people, I think the red plate's just a curse. Kind of the year Keegan's been having it kind of shows he finally got on the podium with me, but. I think just having a red plate on a race truck is just bad news. So yeah, it is. It's, it's like a target. And then when I saw Brock Hager roll up with the number one plate, I was like, damn, I was like, I don't think anybody's done that in like six, seven years. And, yeah. uh, it was actually kind of nice to, to see it, but I mean, we'll see coming into Crandon. So, yeah. See if he can hold Kyle and Trey off. Um, but I don't know. It works for some people like CJ. He's pretty good at, at rocking that red plate, but we'll just, we'll have to see what it comes down to in Crandon. Speaking of old uh, crazy Joe Greaves, uh, why, uh, why does he call you kitty? Uh, well, there is this one time up at the cabin, we were having a good old time and I just started talking. I was like, CJ, you know, you're like a big lion. Like you've done it all. You want everything. Like you're just like the king of the jungle, whatever. And I'm just like a little kitten, just getting my feet wet. (laughs) But one day, one day I'm going to be the big kitty and you're going to be the little kitty. We're going to change places. So he's big kitty. I'm little kitty. And it just kind of stuck from there. 
That's funny, dude. That dude, that's that's awesome. I like because I, I was trying to think. I was like, why does he call you Kitty? I'm like, I'm and I'm trying to think of like everything. Like, and I even went like down a down a dark path. I was like, <laughs> is it like? Is it like his hair? I'm like, no, it can't be his hair. <laughs> so that was, that was the only thing I could think of. And I was like, why did so I was like, I gotta know. I gotta know why he called you kitty. But dude, that's that's funny, man. I, I that's I appreciate that. Um so when I when I do think of you too, and, and I think of you in the UTV, and, and I'm sure you've kind of you you've talked about this before, but I've something I've I've wanted to talk to you about is that uh that rollover and that hit at erx man like like that was brutal man like you like you hear the hit and it sounds like shoulder pads and helmets like it uh, a wicked crash you know what was what was that experience like for you i mean again you're you're a really young guy and for you to kind of go through something like that you know how were you able to kind of get back in a truck and then race again or, or a utv especially and, and and try to go out and compete yeah, uh, so that that was a pretty crazy one. Um, I went around the hairpin at ERX and got drilled, and then I broke my tie rod, but I didn't really figure it out until I got in the split lane, like right before it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to take the outside one, and then I'm just going to pull off before the whoops. So going through it, the front end finally caught and sucked me into the bank and turned me sideways. And when I hit the banking, it made a bunch of dust. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get hit. So I, like, clenched up. I put my arms up by my chest, and I waited a little bit, all, like, tensed up. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'm good. And then, bam, bam, got smacked into. And, like, they pulled me out, and I just walked over, laid down, and they, like, tried to take me into, like, the medical trailer. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I got a race. So I started walking to the pro light, hopped in. I think I finished fifth or seventh that day i don't remember but that night like i just i didn't sleep at all every time i closed my eyes i just like like see the impact but (laughs) finally napped all day after the driver's meeting and then did my yokohama autographs and stuff and went back out there and got third so that was that was a really up and down weekend but made the best of it at the end of the day so Johnny Holter advice, if you get a, in a car accident, snap it out the next day. You're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll be good. Get some rest and get back out there. No. Cause I remember, um, being, being back there last season, we were uh, covering some stuff for Kenda and, um, you know, we had GoPros and whatnot for, uh, for KGB. And I remember you being back there. And I was like, Hmm, I was like, damn, Johnny's back here a little early. I wonder what happened. And I was, I was going to like say something, but I hadn't ever like really talked to you. And I was like, yeah, maybe I won't like crack a joke. And then as I'm thinking all this, I see you kind of just, I don't want to say out of it, but I'm like, you know, I don't think he looks like he's in the mood to, to joke around. So I'll maybe just ask someone else. And I'm glad I did. I was like, what's up with Johnny Holter? And like, you didn't see it. And they showed me the replay. And I was like, oh, fuck, bro. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad I didn't say anything, man. Yeah, no, that. That pro light race, like, just I had to be like really careful because like my elbow would just like I feel like I'd pull my arm like out of its socket. So like I'd like start over rotating and just like pull my arm and it hurts so bad. But no, that that was definitely definitely a, 
uh, a rough one and definitely very fortunate to walk away with just some bumps and bruises and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude, that's insane. I, like I said, I saw the crash and I was like, Jesus Christ, man. I think um, what a lot of people want to know is, is, I mean, first of all, I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but how I'm going to rephrase it then, I guess, how short are you? How short am I? Yeah. How short I'm- are you? Like, I'm like six five, six five short. No, six five short. <laughs> are you really six foot five? Yeah. No way, dude. You you gotta be taller than six. Are you? Because Keegan is six five. Mm, maybe maybe I grew a little, but last time <laughs> last time we measured, I was six five. So that's what I'm going with. I we'll can't say remember six, who I was. Just for safety. Who? Who are we talking to, guys? That were like, I think, uh, I think Holter's got to be in the six seven round. Yeah, they even said six eight, and I was just like, well, that's Tito's cutoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I'm I'm willing to fight people. Like, if it came to it, like if they're six seven, like I I think I could handle that. But six eights were like, I definitely get my ass kicked. I learned the hard way in college. And, uh, <laughs> And so and that's why we were talking about like height then. And, and when you're like, yeah, six, five, I'm like, no way he's got, cause I think you are taller than Keegan. You gotta be like six, six for sure. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to measure and get back to you on that one, but we're going to you know go what? with five and a half for tonight. We're <laughs> six foot five and a half gentlemen. So no, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to have to bust out the tape measure for sure. And uh, I, I, I gotta know. Cause I, Man, I can't believe I'm saying this again, but uh, at Bark River, I think it was after you had won. It was on Sunday. You were strolling through the pits, and I saw you, and I was, like, looking at you. Like like I said, no homo. But I was like, <laughs> damn. I'm like, ain't no way this dude's, like, 6'5". I was like, because I was. I was like, man, maybe he is, like, six foot seven. And basically what we all want to know is how in the hell does somebody like you cram into a utv and into a pro light you got to be back by the fucking fans dude oh <laughs> uh, no actually i like being like all scrunched up on the wheel it's from like when i was little and i was in the mod carts like i was like tight tight in there like my knees were above the arms and that's that's just how i like to drive like when we got my pro 2 like mark he's got to be uh, i don't know he has to be five seven five eight maybe and like, I'd move the seat closer than what he had it. <laughs> I was right up on the wheel, like all crammed in there. All I can but think of is like you. you all I can think of is like you in the UTV or like the Pro Light and looking like the like the letter N. You know, where like like how the knees come up and then down and then it like it comes back up again. That's how I can see you like sitting in, in a pro light or, or, a, or a UTV and then you get out and you got to like un, un, untangle yourself basically when you get out. Oh yeah. It's getting in and out is definitely pretty hard. It's a lot of squeezing and sucking in and bending, but it's, it's definitely, definitely pretty funny to watch if you're, if next time you're in staging, you should probably put a camera on me when I'm squeezing in there. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm gonna make it a point now when when we go back for uh for like staging and whatnot. I'm gonna get there for pro light and uh, I I gotta I gotta watch this happen. I gotta watch this unfold. We gotta do like a whole 
a whole thing, boys, you know, like a John Madden breakdown of like Johnny Holcher. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. But uh, yeah, dude, so uh, something I want to get into then is, uh, is is Nitro Rally, man. You got a sweet opportunity last fall to uh, to mix it up with some of the best drivers outside of, you know, short course, some of the best drivers on the planet, man. Like, like what was what was that like? Uh, it was is definitely a really cool opportunity to have, to say the least. And can't thank my sponsors enough for helping me out with it. But uh, it was pretty crazy. I went to my first seat race and I got in second right away. And like I tried to pass the guy for the lead and he just cut me right off. So I gave it back to him the next corner and we go over the finish line jump and we're coming into turn one and he's going straight and I'm like trying to like throw it a little off the jump coming into that big bank turn one like you do in a truck and he just jumps straight smacks right into me and I was like all right this is how these boys are going to play this weekend but the first day I ended up uh with the third place which was definitely really cool from the back and then the next day had no luck in the heats or the semifinal. so the second day we come off the line last place and by the second or third lap I was in first and I just ran away like clear by 20 went through the joker lane still nothing for me and coming to two to go I go over go through turn one and coming in the hairpin and like the car kind of dies a little I'm like oh boy go around the hairpin and it just locks up like smoke everywhere is just like that was like the biggest bummer ever like all that work all day finally get out front clean air and then bang that just kind of shows my luck of how things are going in 2021 yeah i was just about to say man yeah your 2021 was uh was not one to to remember um are you gonna be are you gonna be jumping back into the the because you did the the lights right you did the the rally cross lights for car lights so are you going to be jumping back into those uh, this this October for the Nitro Rallycross series? Uh, you know, after after champ, my dad's probably going to go start freaking out that I haven't been behind the wheel of something. So <laughs> I, bet, I bet that he usually gets really excited like two, three weeks before the event. So I feel like around that time, he's going to start trying to throw something together. So... I'd I'd have to leave that one at a maybe, but honestly, in my opinion, I'm hoping for hopefully I got to get some redemption here after picking up a couple wins this year. See if I can keep it going. Yeah, dude. Cause I mean, it is cool to see some like champ off road guys uh, in nitro rally cross kind of mixing up with those, uh, those euros uh, from across yeah. the pond. Yeah, um, no, it's definitely fun on the podium. Cause like when they try to talk to you, it's like, yeah. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're saying good job. Um, so, dude, like uh, uh, some of, one of the questions I have is: is I know that that you're on, you're a you know young guy. Um, the first time I at least had a, a, a recognition of you, and, and you kind of stuck with me, was in Pro Light in 2020. Um, so how did you kind of get started in racing? I mean, I, I don't know how many, I don't know what these gentlemen have for questions left, but this is kind of one of the, the final ones I have for, uh, for racing stuff. Um, how did you get started in racing? Cause again, 2020 is the first time I, I, I got recognition of you. So 
I started racing in 2015. So around springtime, my dad was like, all right, one of the guys in the shop bought a go-kart and I want you to like draw a picture of like what the body is going to be. So I had been 10 years old, drew a little picture. And a week later, my brother-in-law picked me up and took me to his buddy's house. And there was a go-kart drew how I wanted it with my chicken scratch drawing and went out there. My first race got second. And the first season I came home with the championship. And after that, I did another year of go-kart racing and my cousin actually raced a short course cart. So my dad was like, well, we got to do this too. Got a short course cart, kept going with that, got into the mod carts. And then we got in the out West mod carts and it evolved from that into a pro light. And just every single year I raced from 2015 to 2020, I won a championship in something. If it was, the go-kart stuff, the mod carts, and then eventually pro lights. So these last two years, I kind of been getting off my pace, but I got to get, got to get back to the winning the championship things. Well, Hey man, I, I think you're uh, definitely, you made a statement, um, you know, at Bark River with, with the pro two win for sure. Oh yeah. We're coming next year. Alrighty. Well, uh, gentlemen, do you have any uh, racing questions? Uh, no, I am. I am good. You answered. All right. Did all my well, I got a few, uh, would you rathers? Um, if you don't <laughs> mind, they, they are, they're, they're somewhat, they're, they're decently appropriate. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So would you rather fist fight a lion with no teeth or litter in Gotham city with the potential of Batman seeing it? Mm, I'd probably fist fight the lion. No, what can it do? It can't hurt you if it doesn't have teeth. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's I, what, I think that's that, that's what I would go with. Am I the only one I would, that would fight Batman? I would not fight Batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm the crazy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Am I the through a straw forever? Am I the red flag? Yeah, am I the drama? Yeah. Um, <laughs> would you rather roll a pro light going ninety miles an hour to Cowboy Corner, or jump over or over jump the finish line at ERX and fracture your back? Ooh, that that one's tough. <laughs> um, I'd probably have to go with the rollover because I don't think a fractured back sounds too good. <laughs> Gotta look at the bright side of each. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would you rather eat 12 hard-boiled eggs before a race or eat 12 saltine crackers without water just before your podium speech and all your sponsors are watching? I would do hard-boiled eggs. I actually like hard-boiled eggs, so mm -hmm. that one that one's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, that one's easy. Like 12 right before? Oh, yeah. I Those things go down like butter. Yeah, you throw <laughs> some salt on there? Mm. Yeah, mm -mm, salt. Mm -mm, mm, no That's salt, no salt, no pepper. <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> well, how about this? No yolk. I do it no yolk. I can't I can't do yolk. Oh, I really? Do, I do the whole thing. Yeah, no, I couldn't do the whole thing. What about uh, what about like deviled eggs? Mm-hmm. What about deviled eggs? What are your thoughts on deviled eggs? Ooh, no, no way. Can't do deviled eggs though. Cannot do them. 
Dude, I love deviled eggs. If, if you were like, hey, I need you to eat 24 of these, I'd be like, make it 36. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. All right. Would you rather fight Ronda Rousey or be an NFL kicker for one full playoff game? I think I'd be an NFL kicker. Like, and, and these are the skills that you have currently. <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely think I'd I'd take the NFL kicker, but I think I'd be fired after my after my first game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my coordination skills are not good. I feel like I'd go to kick the ball. You'd have to give me like the baseball thing, like three strikes, you're out, because it'd probably take three, four tries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First snap, they're like, all right, defense, no rushing, no rushing this yeah. one. Let, a, let <laughs> them kick it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you rather eat curry for the rest of your life or have to crack curry for the rest of your life? What's curry? So it's a, uh, awful, uh, dish from a region of the world. Uh, you know, fuck it. It's from India. It smells awful. You know, I'm, I'm open to trying new things, but not for the rest of my life. So I'm going to have to go with number two on the curry. Ooh. I agree. I agree. Because it smells the same anyway. So <laughs> I'd rather export it than import it for sure. And I guess we're going to start apologizing for, for the curry. So like if, if anybody's offended by the curry thing, go fuck yourself. Uh, all right. So would you rather, Ooh, I don't know if I should ask him this one. Do it. Do it. Do it. Would you rather have to hear your parents make love through the wall for 30 minutes or be deaf for the rest of your life? Ooh. <laughs> I think I'd go with be deaf for the rest of my life because I don't really listen anyways. Oh, yes, dude. That is, that is a great answer. Uh, would you rather use super glue as deodorant or have to wipe your butt crack with duct tape or duct tape and you have to do either or for a week straight? Ooh. Well, I use my arms a lot, so I think I'd have to go with the, the duct tape butt crack. Yep. Ooh, so the super glue is like the uh, like the stick glue, you know, the little Elmer's thing that you use, like in in elementary school. Oh, like a glue stick? Yeah, 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 like a glue stick. Oh, I'll go with glue stick then. That that didn't sound as bad as you made it sound. <laughs> oh yeah, no, oh, we're not yeah. talking like gorilla glue here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what I thought you were saying. <laughs> you go with glue right. stick. <laughs> Would you rather? Flick a cop in the butt crack while smoking crack, or oh no, can't say that one. Never mind. Nope. Uh, alrighty. Would you rather have unlimited money to spend but only a year to live, or never earn more than minimum wage until you're ninety? I'd probably do the unlimited money with a year to live. Damn, mm -hmm. see, that's what's up, man. <laughs> yeah. well, I, you, you I got, think it'd be a pretty crazy year. You got two all smiling yeah. now. <laughs> Dude, that's oh, yeah. what I'm saying, man. You got a year to live and you got unlimited money, making a name for myself. <laughs> exactly.
Heroes get remembered, legends never die, baby. Let's go. <laughs> See, Holter's got it figured out, man. I, li- I like this guy. <laughs> Would you rather snort toenails for your dream job or eat cold expired soup from a gas station? Oh, what the fuck? Is- well, how did I write this? Oh, <laughs> snort toenails for your dream job or eat cold soup and gas station sushi, but you got to do it under, tw- under two minutes. But what do I get if I eat the cold soup and eat the gas station sushi? You uh, get to live. <laughs> yeah. We'll go with the snort, snort toenails. <laughs> <laughs> Rest of my life, I'll snort, snort toenails. All right. Who is your favorite native? Tito. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Right off the rip? Right off the rip, baby. All right, who's your second favorite native? Uh, I don't know. What are all your guys' names? Jeffrey. Oh, so he, got, see, he only knew Tito, so no, he he, he knows got, Lyle, the the smaller guy, and then he got Jeffrey, the other big mean one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that mean. Um, we'll go with Jeffrey. Yes. What? That Ooh, finished last. Lyle, you're last. Hey. First this is my first time on, so we can start mixing it up here the next couple times. You're going to see me at Cranon just underneath his tent all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now, who's your favorite? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to see him wear a white shirt, has number 44 Holter on the back, with yeah. a homemade jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Walking around with his fiberglass all weekend. Yeah, yeah you're going to be like, can yeah. you sign this? Can you please? <laughs> So uh, one of one of the final questions that I that I have is is um, just kind of like um, you know what's it what's it been like kind of going through high school and and um, like racing during during that off time you know it's it's is is it been difficult or or is it something that you can kind of like navigate no problem? Uh starting out, it's that it was an issue at the start because my dad can't go through the whole off season without me behind the wheel of something. So during school, I'm traveling all over the country, racing, driving something. So we finally got it worked out that they're like, if you get your work done and have good grades, we're cool with you leaving whenever. So this is kind of my mom's secret. Like when things start to go bad, we start like, buying the teachers gifts to get them on our good side. <laughs> Definitely, this school has been more than wonderful with me and helping me out and getting to go do it, do what I love for a long time. So I bet they're throwing their hands up in the air that, Oh my gosh, this is the last year we have to put up with this, but <laughs> definitely they've been, they've been a big help to to my career so far. So I couldn't thank those guys enough at my school. What's uh what's what's the future got for you, Johnny Holter? Again, obviously you're a young guy, you know, young 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 kitty coming into the uh to the, to the short course world. Um, what is um what, what's the future got for you, man? Are, are you thinking you know you're stepping into pro two? Is it pro four in the future? Are you looking to get into other disciplines of racing? I mean, there's super stadium trucks, there's nitro rally cross. You know, what is anything your dad shared with you? What, what are your hopes and dreams? Well, you know, my, my dream since I've been a little kid is to, to race pro four, at least do one race. So hopefully 
couple of years from now, I can, can hop into one of those. Um, but otherwise in the winter time, I race a, a pro late model out in Vegas and Lake Havasu, Arizona and rally cross and everything. So I've kind of, I've kind of done it all at a young age, which is pretty cool to say, but I'm, I'm really open to anything. I'd like to, to take what's ever thrown at me and I'll, I'll do anything just as long as I can survive and make a living off of racing. I'm down to do it. So whatever's out there, I'm open. If it's monster trucks or NASCAR or pro four racing or whatever, I'm, I'm down with it. All righty, man. Well, uh, do you gentlemen have any more questions? Nope. Nope. All righty. Well, Johnny Holcher, a little kitty dude. We appreciate it, man. We appreciate your time coming on here and, uh, chatting with us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. All righty, dude. We will see you at Crandon. We'll see you All later. Right. See you guys then. All right. See you, homie. All right. Bye. Later. Later. Johnny Holcher. Johnny Holcher. Johnny Holcher. Little kitty. Little yep. kitty. Had to be a little tame because he's not of age yet. Ah, uh, he's of age-ish. He's almost a man. Yeah. Yeah. Two more weeks. Two more. If he was native, he'd been a man yeah. three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> sent him out. Yeah, we <laughs> sent him out already. <laughs> He'll come back till he's got a head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he would have been in the pro four already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what, gentlemen? To be honest, I don't know if we have time for uh, for the banter. I mean, we yeah. uh, we had quite the long podcast today. We might have to. I mean, we're like two and a half hours in right now. Are we? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But no, I mean, what was the banter going to be anyways? Just kind of uh, the the fun that we had at, at Bark River, just maybe kind of touching on maybe, you know, not, not to, cause, cause we oh. do like to be humble yeah, yeah. Um, about things, just kind of the, the, the oh, rough what, what Friday with, that we had and, and just kind <laughs> of, uh, I guess, self-reflection basically. Um, but that's something that we can save for, for next week. Maybe yeah. we have one, one guest on, I don't know, but, um, again, a long enough podcast. I think maybe we can kind of hold that off and yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I don't we know. can, it's almost nine. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. I don't even think I'm going to eat tonight. I'm probably going to brush my teeth and go lay down and go to bed. Oh, I had man. shitty gas station food. Yeah. Jeffrey don't, Jeffrey don't have no kids or a girl. Yeah, I know. He's trying to get us. He's like, yeah, go ahead, keep talking. Yeah, Yeah, he's trying to get us to stay. Normally, he's like, guys, I gotta go. Yeah, I have have no responsibilities tonight. We're like, he's like, I got a birthday to go to. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I'm done for next week. Oh, okay, whatever, guys. Fuck you. (laughs) He's like, this is my therapy session. Yeah, yeah. I need to get. I look forward to this all week. Yeah, I missed last week's therapy session, so I was all pent up on Friday. We know. Yeah. <laughs> almost through it. Almost um, through it. And, well, and, and again, next week we can kind of talk about, touch on that. Um, you know, again, our start to Bark River and just the, the the change of mindset that we got. And then also next next week we can touch on um, mm-hmm. my weekend. Yep. Coming oh, from. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. then we can do a little therapy session and then we can kind of, uh, you know, we could talk about the thing we got with yeah. climbing too. I just, I just, like I just look what forward. What supposed to do? Yeah, I just look forward to the therapy session though. Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. And and we took but, but, uh, Caleb Norman's advice, yes. and he was like, he was like, you know, you guys should really get into your guests. Like like 
Stop with the banter. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just cut out the whole banter. Yeah, and just do all the interviews. Yeah, so, this yeah. Is, yeah. so this is uh, to Caleb then. Thank you. Yes. For you, Caleb, this episode is dedicated to you. RIP. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Caleb. Just kidding. Well, hey, better, no, better cut that out. Better edit that out. Yeah. No, no homo. I was looking at Dave Mason and him and Caleb look alike. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. When they were at the starting line doing rock, paper, scissors, it was like, mm-hmm. damn, like, I didn't know these guys, and I was a native from 1719. I think they all look alike. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit! But But, all right. Yeah, no. Next next week we'll we'll get into the the marathon I'm about to have this weekend. (laughs) Yep, the marathon. The marathon. I love it. Everybody just wish him good luck with for his marathon. Yes, yes. We'll talk about it. If you guys made it this far, wish him good luck. Give him some good kind words. Maybe some. Um, he's running a marathon from Friday to Sunday. Yep. Positions, different positions. Mm-hmm. Favorite positions. Yep. 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 Your favorite, just anything. Mm-hmm. Send him a book. Yep. He's going to need it. Good luck. Yep. Going to need it. Some advice maybe on uh, recuperation, recovery time, yeah. you know, stuff like that. I, I, I kind of have some of the basics, getting Gatorade, water, bananas, um, you know, just kind of going to focus on that, that, that long-term, uh, you know, maybe some pineapple. Yeah, I mean, pineapple would probably be a good addition to it. Yes. Yep. Probably got to get started now, though, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I would. would. Okay. All righty. Well, have you made it this far, guys? Again, thank you so much. I know that these episodes are getting a little longer and longer, but mm-hmm. uh, no, thank you so much for for listening to us um, and, and listening to us chat. And and um, I hope that, you know, those that, that listen to us, um, again, at the start, accept our apology and then... Just want to move on and keep having having good podcasts and and we appreciate all the kind words that you guys have about us and in the podcast and and keep trying to be us and and yep keep people happy so mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't want to go but uh alrighty man I am Tito Labine this is the Impulse Show and uh, we will uh, talk to you guys next week all right all right bye bye, bye. bye. love you, love you. Love you.